Legendaries and welcome to RPG Digest. In this live stream formatted podcast, we provide deep dives, fundamentals, and overviews of the tabletop role-playing game. I guess I should have said hobby or something there. I, like I felt like I had more to say, and I, I, I screwed that up. But I didn't have more to say. Deep dives, overviews, fundamentals of tabletop role-playing games. That's what we do here, and we comment on the tabletop RPG hobby as a whole. I am John Maxley Oslo, your favorite curmudgeon critic judge and friday night chill stream host along with me today is absolutely nobody i am by myself heathen dog has abandoned me crafty has abandoned me everybody's like it's memorial weekend we want to go spend time with friends and family <laughs> kind of nerd are you if you can't prioritize gaming over family then you are not a nerd that is right you are not a nerd. All <laughs> right. So, uh, yes, what are we? We are a conversation about the TTRPG hobby. We are truthful, but opinionated. We're information you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And we're certainly not an echo chamber for the idiots who permeate the hobby. And if you don't like the commentary, I don't care. Or you can tell us why in chat, the comment section, or join us on stream to talk to us in segment three. Here we go. And there I am, full screen. Bam! Look at that. Oh, large and in charge. Nobody can boss me around today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hopefully today will be good. As you guys know, Heathen Dog knows much more about the intricacies of Palladium than I do. And uh, while, while I've played it and I know it, I like it. Not to the extent that he has. So hopefully I can do him justice. But what I'm going to do, he doesn't know this yet, but I'm going to premiere this episode when it goes live on Thursday or that segment when it goes live on Thursday. I'm going to make him be there. Make him be there to watch it and talk to you all and correct all my uh, stupidity. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. And who do we have in the chat today? We have Omen Owl. Hello, Omen Owl. Doc Fearsome, how are you doing today? Not sure I've seen you around before, so welcome, welcome. If I have, oh, sorry for forgetting who you are. I'm old. One-legged frog, violence solves everything. Who else we got here? I think I saw Shadow and Sun. Yes, I did. Dark Theic. Go. Right. And if I didn't name you, well, you know what? You just didn't get named. That's how this works. It's my show. I talk about who I want to talk about. Uh, Kill Raven's here. Hello, Kill Raven. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, segment one today is going to be about Palladium Robots. And uh, Heathen Dog gave me a ton of notes. <laughs> he wanted to make sure I covered it correctly. I've got these pages of notes there. I've got a Discord message. 
<laughs> He's like, you better talk about these things. He threatened me with like a, 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 a box opener at my throat. <laughs> Sir Coffee, hello. How are you? And uh, Chimera, yeah, sorry, Chimera. No heathen dog. Look at that. We already got the, well, no heathen dog. I'm out. Uh, all right. So, yep, just me, just me until segment three. That is right. I may, I you know if I say this, if I say this, somebody will expect it. I'm not gonna say it. So, um, so what's been going on with me this week? This week was another one of those weeks that just kind of flew by faster than I expected. Um, didn't watch too many streams or videos again. Sorry, guys. Uh, you know, just trying to keep you know, I have real life first. Uh, it's a little slower than last week, but not too much. Um, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to tomorrow being a day off. That's for darn sure. And then I guess hitting back to the grind on, on Tuesday. Uh, reformatting some things here for Legion of Myth, and I'll talk about some of that a little bit later. Don't worry, we're still going to be streaming. We're still going to be doing what we're doing here. We're hopefully just going to enhance some of that stuff. See, there you go. There you go. If he wanted covered so badly, he should have been here. I don't think he cares about robots, though. I could be wrong. I mean, well, he actually hates uh, mutant animals. I just think for robots, he's like, whatever. So, yeah. Uh, so, one of the, well, no. Uh, anything else I want to talk about this week? We had a pretty good uh, Friday chill stream. <laughs> Bruce made me an apology video that was totally unnecessary. He didn't have to apologize for anything, but uh, thank you, Bruce Lombardo, uh, for that. He fell asleep on the stream. Apparently, everybody else heard him snore. I did not. Which is a good thing, because snoring is one of the things that triggers the misophonia. But, uh, I'm like, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but no, it's fun times. Like, uh, that's what the chill stream's about. See, a lot of people misunderstand what the chill stream is. They think, oh, you're supposed to relax. No, the chill stream just means work week is over. I'm going to be sitting around the virtual couch, because, you know, obviously I'm not sitting there with people. We're going to kick back, and we're just going to talk about things like the way friends talk. And if that means that Bruce gets drunk and falls asleep on the couch, fine. <laughs> that's that's what it means uh and i and i think people had fun with that uh uh oh crap noro's here now we ha now we have to like be nice oops oh man. so anywho um yeah so not much else going on throughout the week i did a little bit of writing not too much Mostly, I'm um, just kind of looking at how, how we're going to retool some of the things that we do for Legion Myth. Like I said, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit, or maybe when we solidify things a little better. Um, I guess the one thing I want to talk about, because today is Memorial Weekend, right? And I'm not trying to be all heavy and so forth on people. Um, I actually, I'm going to complain. I'm going to complain about Memorial Weekend. And I'm going to specifically complain to veterans. I am a veteran. Okay. I did nine years in the United States Air Force. I still work for the Air Force. I have worked as a contractor and as, and as a civilian. Uh, and if you want to go active duty for the Air Force, the Army, and the Marines. Also for a DOD agency. Twice. <laughs> so I, I've been basically working for DOD for 30 years. I, you know, I, I'm not some sort of outsider here when it comes to this. But something that really frustrates me about pedantic veterans is when they get angry when somebody on Memorial Day says, thank you for your service. 
It's this is a Veterans Day, it's Memorial Day. Calm the F down. How about looking at it like this? That person saying thank you for your service because it's Memorial Day and we did lose millions of people. Well, hundreds of thousands, but you know, the world in World War II, for example, lost millions of people. They understand the sacrifice that you could be making. You may not have made it yet, and God willing, you never will make it. But stop bitching about people that say, thank you for your service on Memorial Day. Accept it. Accept it as somebody who may have lost a father, a grandfather, a mother, a sister in, in one of these conflicts, and is saying, I hope that doesn't happen to you, and thank you for putting yourself out there for doing it. There, that is my uh, that is my rant on that. I'm so sick and tired. Like it's it's not Veterans Day. Don't say thank you for your service. There we go. And look, not everybody served, and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, I I do see this as well. But for whatever reason, veterans get really buttered about it on on Memorial Day. Well, I'll notice you're not here. I'll be I'll be better. <laughs> All right. All right. I don't I don't want to keep going. You know, I don't want to rant about that. I mean, you guys you guys get what I'm saying there. It's like, come on, guys, calm down. Um. Yeah, there you go. Only real friends get drunk and fall asleep on the couch. There you go. Uh, uh, and and your what? Uh, and your whoops, jeepers, creepers. Where'd it go? It's up there. There, it's chat's bouncing around here. Appreciate that. Thank you. And then uh, I thank all the veterans. You know. And let's be fair. Some people had some pretty cush jobs. You know, I was in the Air Force. Some people say you weren't a veteran. <laughs> w what the Marines used to say it all the time. Like, ah, that's just www.airforce.com. That's not a real dot mill. <laughs> okay. Even though not more than many or some, I wasn't special forces, but I was combat camera when I was in, or I was tasked with combat camera, technically as a graphic artist. Um, and I had to go through all the combat camera training, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, combat trained somewhat, not to the degree of a Marine. Marine tells me to do something. There are bullets flying. I'm listening to the Marine. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm not, I'm not listening to the Airman. Airman doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. But uh, yeah, that, uh, you, know, uh, you know, but you know what? Everybody who signed, whether they thought about it or not, I'm going to tell you a quick story, one quick story, and then we'll get into the, re the real meat of the stuff. Before I joined the Air Force, anybody who knew me before I joined the military would be like, Max joined the military? Oh, God, no. <laughs> he can't take direction from anybody. And to be fair, there were some times when I struggled. My first two years in the Air Force, I would have kicked me out. My NCO me would have kicked out the airman me. I mean that wholeheartedly. So I'm glad I didn't have myself as a supervisor. But I, I you know, I, I kind of deserved it. But some people looked out for me. I straightened up and, and things changed. Okay. My mom sat me down. My, my mom was a cosmetologist, hairdresser, whatever term I'm supposed to call him, you know, uh, this week. Did it for 50 years. Sat me down, and she did the whole first, middle, last name thing, and my mom doesn't talk to me like that. <laughs> She's like, get your butt up here. I was like, what the hell did I do? Jeepers, like, I, I'm in trouble for nothing. Went up there, and she sat me down, and she said, look, why do you want to join the military? Why do you want to join the Air Force? 
And by this point, I had picked the Air Force over the other services. And essentially, her story went like this. I'm not quoting it verbatim, but, but essentially, her story went like this. She's like, I do ladies here. This is during the first Gulf War, 1990s. Uh, it's like, I do, I do uh, ladies hair. And all I hear all day is like, oh, my son or daughter only joined the military to get an education. Didn't actually join the military to go to war. <laughs> and my mom sat there. Don't you dare do that to me again. She didn't say those words, but she said, don't you, if you're going to join, you better know what you are getting into. I was like, yeah, mom, <laughs> they send the pilots to die. Not me. <laughs> like, I want to be back there. She's like, who do you think guards those planes? I said, I don't know. <laughs> so the, the, the point that I'm making is it doesn't matter what service that you're in. It doesn't matter your reasons for joining or whether you want to be in war or not. It could happen. You could be ordered to do something. And there you are, you know, out there in the crap. I was a contractor in Kuwait during the when I was actually there when Saddam was found. So that was in Iraq. Yeah, it's still the area. And we had two contractors murdered a week before I got there, or two weeks before I got there, something like that. So, look, anybody who, who signs on that line and goes out there and does it, no matter how cush you think that person has it, or how deep in the shit that person happens to be, they all deserve at least the respect for putting that out there. But I will tell you right now, anybody's like, I didn't join to go to this, this war crap, I just wanted the free government crap. I hope those people get kneecapped. I actually hope they go to war and get gut-shotted. Gut-shotted? Gut-shot. There we go. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, uh, do, 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 do. I'm not going to spend too much time on the chat here. Uh, just because I want to get in the game stuff. So this is a gaming channel. Just want to say happy Memorial Day to everybody. There we go. Uh, hey, you know, <laughs> I had, when I was stationed in New Mexico, we had army from White Sands drive up to Kirtland and stay in our dorms that were condemned because he said it's better than the barracks that they had down at White Sands. I was like, wow, that was in 1992 to 94. <laughs> like, OK, glad I'm in the Air Force. Uh, that's right. War. There you go. Boom. War isn't a game. That is true. OK, um, let's, uh, let's go through our proclivities and then we're going to talk about robots in Palladium. Because you know what? Can't kill a robot because robots ain't alive. Oh, wait. Or are they? We'll find out in just a moment. <laughs> what do we have here? Uh, already said that. You guys know what the show is about. Uh, you can find us on Rumble, Odyssey, YouTube, Twitch. Actually, Odyssey's been a little bit of a pain in the butt for me recently. I love Odyssey. Don't get me wrong. I just need to figure out what is up. So we're not streaming to Odyssey anymore. But I think the videos you can still find there. Uh, YouTube and Twitch. Twitch is about to change some things, which is good news for everybody. So, well, no, it's not. It's half good news, half not good news. But uh, I don't care. I want to get off Twitch so badly. But every time I'm like, ah, oh, I'm leaving Twitch. Then we get like three new, was it subscribers on Twitch? <laughs> Damn it. People are paying money. I can't, I can't say no. I mean, if somebody's actually offering us their harder money, especially in today's economy, jeepers, how can I say I'm, I'm abandoning you? So anyway. And want to thank, talk about that. I want to thank our monetary backers, those who subscribe and cheer, those who are members and super chatters. Super chat one word or two. I have to look that up. How does YouTube put that out there? Because I put on my slides as uh, as one word. Oh, some other slides. One word. It's weird. Uh, 
anyway, uh, you can back us on locals. I, I, it's so hard for me, the locals things, because like if I feel if I do stuff for locals only with what two subscribers or backers there, uh, but I, but here's the thing I need it as a fallback in case YouTube ever says, you know what? We actually looked through some of your videos and we don't like the nonsense that you say. Goodbye. Um, <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah. Because uh, YouTube, it doesn't pay a lot of bills, but it does help us to do a few things that I'll talk about in a, in a little bit here. And of course, you can tip to us on, on uh, Streamlabs or through Streamlabs, or you can PayPal. Uh, while those things don't pop up on the screen, the good news about them is that they uh, they actually support us better because more of your money goes to us, so you're actually not losing it to the man. Dun, dun, dun. Did you hear that, uh, was it Young Rippa? Was it Young Rippa got kicked off of uh, PayPal? kidding me Ugh. it's just weird and of course for those of you who don't pay who just sit in the chat followers and subscribers we appreciate you as well you are what makes us fun you keep that chat moving you chat with us you talk with us talk with the other chatters and talkers out there i'm just gonna say talk and chat a lot i'm just gonna completely just reiterate those terms and of course we have our lurkers as well thank you very much for being here keep bumping those numbers yes <laughs> I know YouTube will be like, well, it's not a good bump. You got to have some sort of engagement. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for being here. Absolutely do appreciate that. And of course, um, if you don't want to give money to us, you can give it to the Wounded Warrior Project. I am going to have an announcement about the Wounded Warrior Project soon. Okay, I'm going to spill the beans. Shh, don't tell anybody. I'm doing this only because Heathen Dog isn't here. He can't say, Max, shut up and move on. We are planning. It is not set in stone yet but we are planning a 24 hour stream for the wounded warrior project on veterans day that's so far away yeah well we got to get it planned out so that is the plan i'm still working some details there are a couple of problems that we've already run into and has to do a stream stream yard and integrating the charity into stream yard but uh, so i might have to go back and load obs and so forth but we plan on doing a 24 hour stream that's just like i said plan plans are tentative uh, for Veterans Day. <laughs> Darth <Theic. laughs> Fine. Fine, Darth Theic. I will. There you go. Just for you. Just for you. Hold on a second. Oh, I do have the book up. Uh, let me slide this over. Slide that there. Hey, where'd my stream go? Uh-oh. Hey. Stream. There you go. You guys were talking about Windows 11 earlier. I, my computer can't even run Windows 11. <laughs> it, it fails. It fails to do that. All right. All right, for segment one today, I am going to talk to you about the power category of robots because Heathen Dog and his robotic self felt called out and decided he didn't, he couldn't be here. He's like, you're going to talk about my people. Or should I say, you are going to talk about my people. <laughs> so it's just me, me and my lonesome I'm going to talk to you about robots. So if you don't like what I have to say, go ahead and put that in the comments because you know what? I'm just not as versed in the minutia as Heathen Dog is. Although he did give me some notes. Remember, RPG Digest is a live stream podcast discussion, not a concise step-by-step -step tutorial. We may, we will, and you will enjoy it because we are going to go on tangents. And again, no Heathen Dog to rein me in. So I'm going to talk about everything. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and... Hashtag RPGate, which is escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural inclusion, not forced diversity. This is how you play games. These have to be your three core values for playing 
role-playing games. If you can't have these three core values, you should not be in this hobby. And you can find the website. You can join us on Discord. You can back us on Locals. And you can buy our awesome stuff. We have 29, 28, 29 designs. Five examples are shown below. Uh, but uh, we have a bunch of designs. Some are family-friendly. A couple push the line. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Go ahead and buy some of our stuff off of Redbubble. And finally, here is our stream schedule. Yes, if you like these videos and want to catch us live, you can watch us right now. It's Sunday, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time for RPG Digest Thursday, where Heathen Dog is currently playing Dungeons and Dragons online, but he plays co-op game with friends. Uh, currently, there are four of them playing DDO. On Friday, I am back for the chill stream where we talk about all types of weird stuff in the nerdosphere related to tabletop RPGs and more. And of course, Heathen Dog is back on Saturday for more of his co-op video games. The shenanigans with the others that don't apparently know how not to walk in the fire. <laughs> Even Heathen Dog. Heathen Dog's yelling at people while walking in the fire, and then he got himself burned. <laughs> and the last Friday of every month before the Friday Night Chill stream, we will have a members-only AMA live stream at 6 p.m. Central. That is going to be our AMA schedule going forward. Starts at 6 p.m. Central, two hours before the, uh, the Friday Night Chill stream. We'll have an AMA. Uh, for our members only. So if you want to get involved in that, when I say AMA, outside of giving out my social security number or something like that, I mean AMA. So we'll, we'll have some fun. Share this screen. People are going to be really mad. Your intro is too long now. Well, it probably is. Oh, that's not... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what I want to share. What the heck is it? There it is. Bam. There we go. Our wonderful robots... Our, our Palladium Heroes Unlimited cover. Again, I prefer the revised. I prefer uh, What's going on in chat? Uh, did I miss anything big in chat? Sorry, I'm, it's a little harder for me to stare at chat right now because I have to drag things around a little better. Okay, it's still mostly talking about... Oh, wow. I'll have to look into that violence sells everything. I don't like the fact if it's not all going there. <laughs> I wonder why that is. All right. So here we go. Uh, it's page 193, and we're going to talk about robots. Robotics. Actually, I should actually call it robotics, not robots. I'm so used to calling it robots. I think in the, I might be wrong, but I think in the earlier edition, it was called robots. But I think this term fits better. And the reason is because there are different types. There are different types. So, Kevin says here, everybody should have at least a rudimentary understanding of what robots are. In the context of this game, we'll concern ourselves only with the most sophisticated, powerful, and human-like machines. Machines that are either... Well, that's funny he said human-like machines. When you start seeing what you can make, I'm not sure that uh, that line is actually accurate. Um, by the way, I did not read this beforehand. I had perused through my revised edition, not this version. I hate reading PDFs, but uh, so there will be some differences, and I'm kind of going to learn along with you in this one. So, uh, we're going to have some fun. As a robot character, you, the player, build and design your automaton. You are limited only by budget, and the technology available is described on the pages of this power category. You can play as an ordinary human who dons a robot suit. That is an important distinction. A pilot who operates a giant robot or robot vehicle, or an actual synthetic entity, like data from data, whatever, uh, from Star Trek. A robot or android with an artificial or transferred intelligence and heathen dog gave me like pages of notes about transferred intelligences that i'll have to make sure i get out to you guys 
All right, let's uh, get on. So let's figure out what we're going to do first. First thing we're going to do is we're going to roll percent. Oh, I get to roll dice and I get to do it on my own. No interruptions. I'm heathen dog. Yeah. All right, how much money do I get? Uh, do, 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 do. I got a 35. Ooh, that's not a lot. That's 12 million. Eh, not too bad. I got 12 million, right? There. 12 million. So, purchasing tip. It is likely that the robot is a one-of-a-kind prototype and maybe uh and maybe on the run from the creating organization. See the backgrounds table, so we'll get to that. As such, it may be difficult and costly to prepare if the robot is severely damaged. Take that into consideration. You don't automatically have the ability to repair yourself. See hardware section for penalties when constructing or repairing robots. We've already talked about the hardware class uh, or power category in a previous episode. So know that about robots here that uh, you might want to find a way of making sure that you can repair yourself or you have, you're close to somebody who can repair you, you know, when, uh, when things start falling off. Consequently, it may be wise to purchase some important spare parts now for use in the future. Because as Heathen Dog was telling me, uh, apparently if you have the spare parts, it's just plug and play. You just pull out the old part, put in the new one. I don't know if I fully agree with that, but the rules may say that he may be right or he may be believing, and I, I can get this, uh, you already paid for it out of your character creation budget. There's no reason to make it more difficult on you. I get it. I can see that. <laughs> what is this? What? What's wrong with you? We're having a discussion here. We're, ha we're talking about robots, ma'am. Robots. It's not a time for harassment. Robots are people, too. Dad approved that in Star Trek. All right. Welcome. Uh, oh, what is this? I always thought, it was, uh, thought of that a bit in Robocop, too. Oh, when rolling the budget here is unlimited. No matter how much money you get, the robot's not going to come out how you want it. Well... First of all, you can expand later, and I don't know if the revised edition does, but the second edition is very clear at the beginning, you're not making Superman. And I guess you could put uh, Robocop in that category as well. You're making heroes that definitely have powers and capabilities, but you know, you're not invincible. So that, again, I'm not correcting you, I'm just saying you know, that, that's another way of looking at it. And, and the book, at least in this version, is very open about that. Oh. By the way, if, uh, if I miss some of the chat, I will try to get back to it uh, at a stopping point in this segment. So, I rolled up 12 million, and uh, a couple other things. Well, let's, let's first let's go with the book, what the book says, and we'll cover what Heathen Dog wanted me to say after that. So, type one. So, there are four types of robots. Well, I, okay, probably... Uh, yeah, type one and type three, mechanical body and uh, exoskeletons are... You're wearing a suit of some sort. You're a person inside a, a robot. Now, somebody's probably like, would that be Iron Man? I don't know. I don't do comic books. <laughs> Ask Ethan Dog when he does the premiere on Thursday if he shows up for it, because he doesn't know that I'm, I'm, I'm voluntelling him to do that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's, uh, you, you, I, I think of it maybe on much too basic level, but like Ripley and Aliens when she's in the loader. Obviously, you want your robot to be more than that, but, but you get what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're somebody in there. Uh, type 2 is advanced artificial intelligence, and type 4... Er, 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 where's 4? How's 4? Well, type 4 is uh, Android. Okay, may, uh, maybe it isn't type 4. I thought type 4 was Android. Well, let's read what it says here. 
Type, type 1, type 3 exoskeleton robots do not require an artificial intelligence since they are piloted by a living operator. See, boom, right there. Skills and abilities are those possessed by the operator, although they may be augmented, usually your physical skills, through the robot or exoskeleton. So maybe Iron Man is one. Type, okay, yeah, it is, it's, there it is, right there. Type 4 androids. Type 2 robots and type 4 androids must, must, in italics, have an artificial or transferred intelligence to direct and control the machine. There are three types of intelligence systems available. Standard artificial intelligence, advanced artificial intelligence, look at the price of that bad boy, and transferred intelligence consciousness. And that's going to come with some, some notes that Heathen Dog gave me. So we'll get, to that, uh, we'll get to that when we start talking about that. So let's look at the uh, standard artificial intelligence. It's a computer brain with a limited scope of intelligence. Limited. Oh, it says limited twice within two sentences right there. In that it operates like most standard computers and can only respond as programmed. So it's really not a true AI. Because AI has some learning involved with it. Furthermore, the robot has limited memory and skills. Granted, these super sophisticated machines are far more complex and superior to a desktop computer. When was this book written? Like 1980? <laughs> Late 80s? I know this is the updated version, but uh, so that's probably 90s or 2003 or something like that. But still, um, yeah, uh, we're not talking kilobits of memory anymore. Just saying. Uh, granted, uh, but to like, sorry, but like the ordinary computer, it cannot perform skills or react to any situations for which it has not been programmed. I don't know if I would want to make a robot character like this. I'm just saying. You cannot expect a personal computer to do bookkeeping or accounting without the necessary software program. Lame. Johnny Mnemonic, this bad boy. The same is true of the standard, whoa, of the standard artificial, oh, it's standard, okay, never This That's what this is, standard artificial intelligence. I, it throws me off because it says artificial intelligence, and artificial intelligence should include learning. It cannot perform a skill or ability for which it has not been programmed. Nor does it have the ability to learn or speculate on matters. You are just playing an automaton. So if you're brand new to role playing and you want people to tell you what to do and program you, there you go. There you go. Do this. The intelligence must always draw upon its data banks and program in a strictly logical and analytical way. Without proper information, it will respond with insufficient data. Tilt, tilt, tilt. Uh, just go back to the old Star Trek episodes. Insufficient data. Or does not compute. Despite this, the robot can be programmed to sound and act very natural human intelligence. I mean, for 1.1 million, yeah, you better. I mean, that's that's for the budget I rolled up, which was, what, 12 million? I mean, that's uh, that's just under 10%. So, uh, yeah, that, that better be something decent. Okay, now we're going to look at advanced artificial intelligence. It's almost human and that it can think. So actual artificial intelligence in both objective and subjective terms, as well as draw upon its own conclusions. Or sorry, draw its own conclusion i can't read draw its own conclusions based on available data it can formulate basic ideas conjecture speculate on future events or stipulations and develop or extrapolate those theories based upon analysis past experiences and speculation this is probably if you don't want to do a transferred consciousness this is probably the one you want to go with it's 3.5 million though that's a nice chunk of dough Yes, uh, again, I'm missing a lot of chat. That's fine. I would go back and get some of it, but I think this is a perfect way to say it. So Sanity is more for an NPC. I would say yes. I would say yes. Um, most importantly, like a human, it can arrive at, uh, uh, you know, it can arrive at its own conclusions and immediately react accordingly. Responding to unexpected or spontaneous situations just like a human. Again, this is what you would want to do. All right. 
So transferred intelligence. All right. Um, do I want to do this first? Nope. I'm going to read this first, then we'll get back to it. Transferred intelligence is not artificial, but a bizarre experimental technique in which the human intellect and consciousness is temporarily transferred from the human body into a robot. Yes, Elon Musk is alive and well. Disney, Disney's in a robot. Futurama with the head robots, Nixon, <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, so you're, you're basically taking your consciousness, pulling it out of your noggin here, and putting it into uh, a mechanical machine. A mechanical machine, you like that? It's redundancy for you. Transfers are instantaneous. Counts as one melee action. It's not really instantaneous. Oh, action, never mind. As for some reason, I read that as round. And can be done repeatedly without strain on man or machine, because if it did, well then, you wouldn't really want to play this character. However, several trans uh, transferals within a short period of time will cause an intense and lengthy headache. Can you have a headache if you're a robot? I'm just wondering. Was that a circuit, a circuit eight? Oh my god. Circuit ache. There we go. Real danger remains with the human body. Ah! While the individual's consciousness is in the robot, the body drops into a coma-like state. All right. Well, that could be a problem. Uh, I guess that's a robot. Uh, Functioning at the most meager levels. There is no mind, so it's Spock's brain. Uh, there is no mind inside it to think or react. Thus, it will suffer from dehydration, starvation, exposure, and physical attacks unless measures are taken to protect it. You must protect your body. And only a dick GM is going to go out of his way to attack the body or find the body. However, it's like Superman and Kryptonite. If you know that is a weakness, somebody is going to try to exploit it. So, uh... Uh, let me get through this section here to make sure that the notes that uh, Heathen Dog gave me just don't mimic what's already in here. So, uh, uh, so the human body, whatever. A hospital sim similar facility which nurses the body to intravenous food and water, waste disposable cleaning, and temperature control will extend the safe duration. So there is a duration up to 48 hours. You can be abandoned for up to 48 hours. If you're in a hospital, you can uh, go for, it says, after the time the body slowly weakens at a rate of two pounds and one of each of these attributes, four attributes, the physical ones, physical strength, physical prowess, physical endurance, and speed point per each additional week. You know, it's like being in space, and they're not even knocked out. Start losing muscle mass, not using them. The muscles start to atrophy after seven days, and more than two weeks of inactivity can lead to serious crippling problems. After two weeks, the muscles are stiff and sore, requiring 1D4 weeks of therapy. 48 weeks or four to eight weeks require uh four to eight weeks requires one d4 plus two weeks therapy and nine or more weeks inside the robot body will require two d4 plus six weeks of therapy the loss of physical strength physical prowess physical endurance and speed points is recovered slowly as the muscles return to normal about one point per week of therapy don't hang out in your robot body don't do it don't do it all right so what are these notes only one robot body can be controlled or possessed at a time aha so you can't you can't become a god's avatar here and pop yourself into 59 different robots. Nope, you have to pick one. Which body do you want today? Which leads me to something that uh, to, uh, I don't even think about when it comes to robots because I don't, I don't like this methodology of, of robots. You may, and I'm glad it's in the game. Me, if I'm going to play a robot, I'm going to play a freaking robot. I'm not going to do this mental consciousness nonsense. Um, but, uh, sorry, I got... It sounds like a full cybernetic conversion is better. Yeah, but that's riffs. I don't. Did they have full conversion? I forget. I already forget. Did they have full conversion here in uh, Heroes Unlimited? I think they said that that would be a riffs character. Uh, not of course their conversion books and so forth. But um, 
Anyway, uh, only robots attuned to the character's brainwaves are fitted. Oh, yes. So Heathen Dog did bring this up. So I think what Heathen Dog wanted me to focus on is already here, but uh, I'll still read his notes afterwards. Only robots attuned to the character's brainwaves are fitted with an electromagnetic containment control unit can be used. So if you do not have this properly configured containment control unit, you can't pop yourself in there. It has to be basically assigned to you. If the containment unit is destroyed, the character's mind is lost and the body is an empty, mindless shell. Back to Spock's brain. Okay, don't get it destroyed. Now, to be fair, it has an AR of 16 and an SDC of 200. No slouch, especially when it should be behind other armor. But, but, it is still able to be destroyed. See, I would suggest that you put it in your pinky toe. Don't put it in the head. Everybody's going to assume, assume it's in the head. Put it in your pinky toe or in your heel. Nobody says, I'm, I'm shooting his heel. Hey, can, can I make a called shot for the robot's heel? Why? That's weird. Put your containment unit there. Unless there are rule, rules that come up later that <laughs> let's say no to that. Uh, but anyway, if the human body dies, the character's mind is forever trapped inside the robot. Well, at least you're somewhere, right? Range for transfer from uh, body to robot, robot to other pr uh, prepared robot uh, body, or vice versa. It's 50 miles. So you could transfer your noggin up to 50 miles. 50! Skills and abilities are limited to mind to the mind controlling the robot. Yeah, because it's you. The empty mindless body is vulnerable to possession. Uh-oh, start getting those little freaky wizards out there. Uh, that possession kicks in. No saving throw. So... You get a summoner in there who realizes, hey, it, that body, that body's mind-free. Just going to walk right in or put an elemental in there or a demon or whatever. If it should be possessed, the mind inside the robot can't, cannot go back into its human body until the possessing force is made to vacate its body. Let's make a deal. The human mind of the robot Pilot uh, does gain experience points from his adventure inside the body of the robot or android. Well, yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Like, sorry, you were doing what you built yourself to do. You don't get any experience points. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. All right, so what does it say? What did Heathen Dog give me for things to talk about? Um, he said, wanted me to reiterate that uh, body is helpless. It is stuck in the, ro in the robot body. Uh, the mind needs the electromagnetic magnetic control unit. Yep. If it's destroyed, the character dies. We already talked about that. And you can jump to another robot with the correct, I put the word, attune, EM control unit. So not to another body or not to, yeah, you can't take over another body and you can't jump into other robots. Okay, that was for type two. Or we'll talk about this in a little, you know what? No, I'm going to, no, we're going to talk about this in a little bit uh, after robot body. All right, let me look at chat. Let me look at chat for just a moment. Let me get this off the screen. No, I'm just going to look at chat over here. Uh... Let's see what happened in the chat. Oh my God. Um, it said a lot of stuff. <laughs> okay. Dirty ogre. Don't worry, gato, Mr. Roboto. Sorry for the people watching this on YouTube later, but uh, I do do need to go through the chat. This is a live stream, remember? Let's 
Stop encouraging her to give me hell. What is wrong with you guys? Yeah, thank, you, thank Henry Ford for standardized parts. <laughs> I'm an assembly line character, please. Uh, as you should be. As you should be. Bender's a person. Do. Yeah, and Heathen Dog's going to talk about the Mega here. So this is going back to that uh, that RoboCop two or the Superman type uh, type thing. Uh, Heathen Dog's going to talk about that when we're done. So next week we're going to be talking about was it special training, and then we'll do the Mega Hero after that one. Then we're going to finish up uh, Heroes Unlimited. So we've got three more weeks of Heroes Unlimited. Actually, four more because we're going to create a character too. By the way, start throwing up on our Discord what kind of character you want him to make. We'll do a poll probably in a week or two, three. Uh, but uh, but to put up in our Discord, because that's the best place for us to actually see it and read it, what kind of character you want uh, him to make. Anything, anything. It's got to be Heroes Unlimited out of the main book. That's really the only limitations. One other caveat, because I won't do this to him, don't pick Mutant Animal, because the next game we're going to cover is after the bomb. I'm going to be making a, hum uh, a Mutant Animal. So, but uh, anyway. Fun. I'm missing Heathen Dog. Dude, I had a genius. Well, every, everybody's probably missing Heathen Dog at this point. <laughs> like, oh, why did we have Max? I'm the opinion guy. He's the facts guy. Uh, except for when it comes to effing Dan off the bridge, right? <laughs> Robot in a coma. Uh... There you go. That's actually a good analogy. Transferred is more rigor from Shadowrun. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and, and Heathen Dog gave me some notes that I want to talk about in a little bit about uh, something like this, about when you're doing the robot, about having multiple robot bodies. I'm not going to lie. I didn't even think about that. Because when I think of robot, I want to be the robot. But he was talking about, hey, no, uh, use some of that money to make multiple bodies. And, and you, you kind of mix and match uh, what you need for the mission. Okay, I think I got two. Oops, here we go. Take a look at this. I played an advanced AI robot up to 7th level before he's ripped apart by a psychopath real alien. Had a blast creating and playing for, I think, three years and nice. And you know what? In Palladium terms, three years and two months to get to seventh level sounds about right. What's awesome about Palladium, though, is yes, a 15th level character absolutely has an advantage over a first level character. But it is not a guaranteed win. It's close, but it's not a guaranteed win. All right. All right, let's get back to this. Let's, select, let's go to step three here and let's select a robot body. One might think that programming the artificial intelligence would be the next step, but alas, it is not. But it's helpful to know exactly what type of body and features the robot possesses so the skills accurately reflect the needs and capabilities. All right, so let's, uh, what do we got here? Type 1 robot vehicle. Generally, a giant-sized robot or robot vehicle uh, controlled by a human pilot, no AI. This is your battle mech, baby. That's right. We're going out there with the Vindicator, the best battle mech in the game. House Liao, Xixing. <laughs> Uh, for you Battletech fans out there. Um, 
but yeah, this this would be uh, you know in one form. This is a you know a, a mecha of some sort or or battle armor of some sort. So yeah, giant size robot. And when I say I'm sorry, I shouldn't say battle armor. Um, I, I mean you know mecha mech uh, some sort of vehicle that's bigger than you, whether it's you know five meters tall or ten meters tall or whatever. Voltron, there you go. Voltron's another one. Yep. Uh, well, I would bring in Chimerian just because he's another House Leo fan. <laughs> there we go. Uh, type two, true robot machine body. Ah, this is the t uh, this is typically a humanoid animal or vehicular robot. Yes, you can play a vehicle. Transformers more than meets the eye. Uh, you GoBots, baby. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Calm down. Calm down. Uh, no, but uh, you, you in in this form. Uh, you can play a vehicle, uh, you know, may, maybe you're like a go-go gadget type thing. Um, I don't have enough imagination to do that right now. I'd have to think that character through based on the equipment that I purchased. But you don't just have to be a bipedal thing. You could play a scorpion. You could play, uh, you know, a, maybe a bird of some sort, a little flying hawkman wing. I don't know. But you don't just have to be a bipedal person. You could play a centaur. There you go. For all the furries out there, you can play a robo furry. Uh, so humanoid animal or vehicular robot with an advanced AI or transferred intelligence, typically human-sized or proportional to humans. Whatever. Exoskeleton, robot suit or power armor. This is your Iron Man type stuff, in my opinion. Some would be like, no, he's actually hardware or some other crap. Fine, whatever. But uh, robot suit for the Battletech people out there, this would be your elementals uh, or power armor that enhances the human wear. And for you have your Android, again, data from Star Trek. An advanced robot that looks and acts human requires an AI or transfer intelligence. Note on attacks for melee. All unmanned robots with the computer artificial intelligence start with three attacks per melee round. Right? To increase the number of attacks per melee for uploaded, uh, for, I'm sorry, unpiloted, there we go, unpiloted computer robots cost 700,000 each. Remember, I rolled, uh, it's up here, was it 12 million, 13 million, whatever I rolled, I think it's 12 million. That'd be almost a million of that out for each attack per melee and 500,000 each for robots with an advanced intelligence. Okay, so if you're not transferring your intelligence, if you're using one of the other ones, here you go. This is how much it's going to cost for extra attacks. Remember, they're limited to their programming. Combat bonuses, plus two on initiative, plus one to strike, plus one to parry and dodge, plus four to pull punch, which is probably important if you're a robot, and plus one to roll with impact. Plus any acquired through special programming, physical attributes, blah, blah, blah. Robots piloted by humans or controlled by a transferred intelligence have the same number of attacks per melee round as the pilot. So if you're Bruce Lee, who moved your consciousness over and you have hand-to-hand -hand martial arts, you will have the hand-to-hand -hand martial arts inside your robot. Would it be awesome? Robo Lee. Call him Bruce. See what happens. Um, the robot is designed for speed and combat. As many as two additional attacks per round can be purchased for the robot. So you do have a design plan. So let, let's go back. Plus the pilot can drop on one additional attack when inside the robot. One additional attack. Additional when inside the robot. The robot is designed for speed. Two additional attacks. Cost 650. So you can actually fight faster than yourself. Combat bonuses are the same as the pilots. Uh, and you get those bonuses there. Robot type one robot vehicle. This type of robot tends to be less expensive because it requires a human operator or pilot and not a costly artificial intelligence. The machine can be 
any of the body styles, vehicular, humanoid, or animal. Yes, there you go. You want to pilot yourself your very own lion from Voltron. You could do it because that's both a vehicle and an animal. Sort of. Sort of an animal. You can do that. But it must be large enough to accommodate the pilot. This means the robot must always be large and bulky. And you take your little, uh, oh no, it's the Rick and Morty ferrets. It's the ferrets, the Gogotron. <laughs> at, at least the size of a mid-sized automobile. Basically, a super sophisticated vehicle the pilot must operate the robot through a series of manual controls. Just. <laughs> All right. Remember, a type one robot requires a living flesh and blood pilot and cannot function without him. For game purposes, we presume that the pilot is trained in all aspects. There you go. Uh, see, sentences like this, I'm like, are not needed. But then I remember how gamers think and how dungeon masters like to, or game masters like to screw over people. Yes, the pilot knows about the robot. He understands the robot's operations. This does not include construction, but does include the maintenance of minor repairs. This is where you want your hardware again. You want your hardware guy to fix the, the robot. The robot exoskeleton. The Type 1 robot pilot is created very much like the super, uh, the super character, except you don't roll for superpowers. This power comes through his piloting of the robot. Attributes hit points. Roll up as usual, but add 1d4 to the physical prowess attribute. Alignment any, but heroes are usually good. And if you know that, how Heathen Dog and I have been you know, handling the series, we're playing, you know, we're talking about Heroes Unlimited, so we're talking about good people. So there you go. Skills, special training, often military, but not always. Select one computer program. So this goes back to one of our earlier episodes where we talked about the skill programs. One computer program, one piloting program. Be weird if you didn't have a piloting program. Why? You can't pilot your own robot. What is wrong with you? Hand-to-hand -hand expert. Already starts at hand-to-hand -hand expert. Look at that. And can be upgraded to martial arts for the cost of one skill. Let's take a look at this right here. A really good example of a type one robot. Got the pilot here, in the midst of it. Go. Four basic skills and one skill program of choice, plus 15% to all scholastic skills, which means everything except for your secondary skills, plus eight secondary skills. Uh, special skill pilot robot vehicles, any at 60. So, any, any. That means he can jump into your vehicle as well and pilot. So, you know what? He might be a Voltron pilot, but he could jump into your mech ton and start piloting that thing as well. Uh, but minus 50% to pilot Vent uh, Zentradi because those are alien robots, and nobody likes Zentradi anyway. Attacks per melee, as with all super beings, robot pilots always uh, automatically get two attacks per melee round just for being born, as Heathen Dog says. So for sucking up oxygen, or methane, or sulfur, or whatever planet you come from, you get two melee attacks. Additional attacks are developed through the hand-to-hand -hand combat, so that would be four because they all start with two more. Actually, I think Assassin only starts with one more, but then the second level gets... I, I forget. Whatever. But you know what I'm saying. Weapons and armor. Unless characters are extremely wealthy or supplied by a wealthy sponsoring organization, only conventional weaponry and armor will be available. Why? Because you have your dumb robot for this. You don't need it. Just hop in your robot. You're like a glitter boy out of rifts, okay? Structural damage capacity. All robot pilots are reasonably athletic. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a pretty definitive word. All robot pilots are reasonably athletic and get a base SDC of 2d6 plus 28. What kind of number is 28? We couldn't go with 30? 30 was just two points too many? <laughs> That's just weird. The SDC can be increased through physical skills, some unusual characteristics, and super abilities. Bill of financial resources, 2d4 times 1,000. I'm not rolling that, but anyway. Are available in ready cash. Okay. Be like, you missed the other number. That doesn't matter. 
We got to move on. This is going to be a long chapter. We got to move on. Type 2 is the true robot. The traditional robot, see, this is what I think of. Maybe not this look, but this is what I think of when I think of the robot. Just play, play the robot character. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. The traditional robot is a completely automated machine that can take over hazardous and tedious jobs. Oh, great. Great. This is Bender. You're playing Bender. Insert girder. Or replace skilled human technicians with increased speed, duration, and a consistent level of efficiency. I want to say constant for some reason. Basically, the Type 2 robot is a very sophisticated or super version of this kind of robot. It can be, a, it can be any of the robot styles. Vehicular humanoid animal. So you could have your robot dog. You could have canine from Doctor Who. That'd be a pretty cheap robot, I think. But uh, yes, you can have uh, whatever type of robot you want. Artificial intelligence or transfer intelligence does not need a pilot to operate. Most true robots are human-sized or a little smaller. Uh, you know, somebody's probably going to ask, could I play like a, a, a nanobot? I would tell you no. Simply because it, it leaves the spirit of the game. Okay. All right. Type three exoskeleton. The exoskeleton is a full mechanical bodysuit designed to enhance and supplement the human body. I think I said three of those words incorrectly, but we're going to move on here. It is not a robot per se. Instead, it is a mechanical aid used to make a flesh and blood body more powerful. In the oh, here we go. In the film Aliens, Ripley dons an exoskeleton to combat the big mother alien. There you go. The power armor suits common to Rifts are advanced exoskeletons combined with full. Environmental armor. The difference between exoskeletons and power armors is that exoskeletons do not generally provide extensive armor or full environmental protection. Although the latter is possible for 500,000. In Heroes Unlimited, Type 3 exoskeletons can be both power armors and exoskeletons. All right. They don't act or think on their own, blah, blah, blah. You're wearing exoskeletons. You should know that. Type 4 Android. Type 4 Android. Androids are super sophisticated robots designed to resemble and function as a humanoid. Most will have very human features with synthetic, with, oh my God, synthetic, yes, synthetic, with synthetic skin, hair, voice, body temperature, heartbeat, pulse, and even artificial blood. That's gross. In fact, those designed to look exactly, those designed to look exactly like humans are usually impossible to distinguish the genuine article. So would Ash from the first Alien movie, would that be an android then? I mean, he was indistinguishable until you cut him and he bled milk or Elmer's glue, whatever that was. An android will always have an advanced artificial intelligence or transferred consciousness. So none of that standard nonsense for the androids. They're almost always human-sized and human or animal in shape and appearance. However, androids can be designed to look like any kind of quote-unquote living creature from aliens and monsters to dragons and demons. Oh my. Just double the body cost. Uh... Note that Type 2 and Type 4 robots are completely machines. Yeah, we already know that, but he's got to say it again because somebody's going to try something weird. No matter how human they may look or act, they are not human, although some will argue, and may be correct when they suggest, robots with artificial intelligence capable of subjective and speculative thought become more than machines and may be a life form. Never! Never. Data's machine, take them apart. Uh, da -da -da -da. Okay. All right, let's look at chat again before we go into programming. Slide this over here so I can actually read the chat a little better. Replicants, yes, Ash is an Android. God, yeah, I, I know. I'm just. <laughs> uh, yes, I do think that is the best option. I know, I know. Well, yeah, I think Android is the best option. Although I'll tell you to play. Uh, uh, now that I got the brain juices flowing here, to play what is it? A Type One, Type No, Type Two robot, like as some sort of vehicle. Like the robot is a vehicle. 
that would be kind of neat or could be that would be could be kind of um wait what was said see i'm reading chat backward here so sometimes i'm like i don't know you guys are responding to uh Yeah, you know, I was looking through some a uh, couple of source books yesterday for Dungeons and Dragons, and I saw a lot of recycled art. It, it's common theme. Oh, here we go. A toaster with a shoulder-mounted minigun would be scary as hell. Okay, this is what I meant. I mean, the toast wouldn't make it. <laughs> uh, let's see. What do you say here? Transfer intelligence. Intelligence type two is van to transport others. Then a scout. A spy bot and a combat unit. Yeah, there you go. If you've got the money, and and Heathen Dog really wanted to make sure I I mentioned that, and I do have, like I said, I have I have notes written down, and I will get to all of them. It just might not be in the right order because you know notes are so weird. <laughs> there you go, Warhammer, because I can use it in BattleTech and Robotech. Um, what was the Warhammer called? That, no, it was uh, Guardian. The Raider X was the, is the Rifleman. The Officer's Battle Pod is the Marauder. Oh, the, the Excalibur, wasn't it? Wasn't the, the Warhammer the Excalibur in Robotech? Rifleman? What? No, it's not. Rifleman has no armor. <laughs> now, if you use the optional rules and you got aerospace involved, the Rifleman's awesome. I like the design of the Rifleman. Uh, okay, that uh, seems to be most of the chat that Oh, defend. Okay, I thought it was Excalibur, but uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I need to get the Sentinels Robotech book for uh, for Palladium. It's like the one Robotech book I want that I don't have from the old Palladium Robotech stuff. So. All right, because the Archer was something like the Guardian or whatever, and the uh, yeah, whatever. Well, you know, we're on we're on this. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna see tangents. I told you they're gonna be tangents. Uh, by the way. If you like tangents, or if you don't like tangents, be sure to subscribe, like, share, and subscribe. Pass this on to your Palladium friends to let them know how awesome robots are in your game. And how weird my chat can be. <laughs> and how you wish Heathen Dog was here. All that deserves a subscribe. <laughs> Let's go on. Uh, let me get this back over here so I can read. Okay, we're going to talk about AI programming. Only robots and androids that have computer... That have a computer brain for advanced artificial intelligence need to use step four. Skip this step if the robot is type one. Why? Because programming is now going to be your mental capacity. It's going to be your skills. If you're a human piloting something, you're the human with the skills. We've already said that. But now you need to determine your skills if you have AI programming. So, uh, and he says it right there. There you go. All right. Robot alignments. Uh, only robots handle so... Where's the pro? Okay, so programming skills down here. Well, I guess we'll look at alignments next because why not put things out of order? Immoral code is part of every robot's programming. Oh, God, we're going into iRobot stuff here. Unless the machine is designed for evil intent or experimentation. It, uh, was it HK47? Yeah, we're talking to you, HK47. Meatbags. <laughs> Most uh, appropriate alignments are principal, scrupulous, and or abra. Oh, wow. Wow. I was not expecting that. I was thinking principled, unprincipled, and scrupulous, but okay. But remember, aberrant or aberrant, however you want to pronounce it, I pronounce it aberrant. Um, remember, that's the one that has a code of honor. It's probably the easiest thing to program into a robot, so it kind of makes sense. Of course, advanced artificial intelligence can change their alignments as a result of their capabilities to learn and think on their own. 
Consequently, from a game point of view, advanced robot or android can have any alignment. A robot with comparatively simple computer brain can only follow its programming. All right. Program. By the way, don't blame Palladium for the unseen mechs in uh, uh, in uh, uh, BattleTech. That's all Harmony Gold nonsense. Nobody likes Harmony Gold. You do. You know the whole routine about Bridges and Dan. Wait, what? Wait, what is this? Sorry, I got to stop this. Something just caught my eye. What did Kill Raven say? Remember, your AI attack helicopter is only fully combat capable. It's fully trained in the sweet science of boxing. I hate you. I hate you a lot. <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. All right. Let's check on the program. Basic to all robots. Basic and advanced mathematics. At 90, really? A robot has 98% mathematics? Shouldn't the robot be 100% math? What, are you just mad that we haven't solved for pi yet without going out to 5 trillion numbers? No. Basic... Uh, no, nope, nope. Got, got heathen dog would yell at me right now. The book says 98%. There's always a chance for failure. We're going with what the book says. Here we go. Literacy in English or your language of choice. If you are from another country... Speak English, America, and, and one other language at 96%. Speaks uh, lit or literacy in English, one other language. Speaks English in one other language. Rudimentary understanding of biology. Why? Oh, to better kill the meat bags. Got it. Uh, and common sense, laws of physics, high school level. Not really a skill science per se, and societal behavior. Right. <laughs> this is the 1990s with the Pentium chip. Got it. Fair. Fair. Um, it's like one skill. Per okay, side tangent here because this keeps popping in my head, and I want to say it. When I think of robotics, I think of the technocracy from Mage. Well past cutting edge technology than what is out there for any normal person, even with a huge budget, because they hold on to it, and that's the secret society, or that, or that's the that's the hero. That's why you're so much better than everybody else. You're better than the little that the Roomba that's going around your house. And you're right. This book was done in the nineties before Roombas, but, but you get what I'm saying. Like it's, it's that next level cutting edge things. We're not even think it's quantum today. It would be quantum computers. Yes. Already solved. Iteration X has already uh, solved the whole quantum computer thing. They're just not letting you know they're holding back. So they can stay ahead of the game. So that's how I think about it. Whether it's right or wrong, don't care. That's how I think about it. So, all right, let's get back to what's actually right because the book says it. So, like one skill program, the skill level or uh, sorry, the skill level or level of skill proficiency applies to all skills within that program, including secondary skills. Okay. Skills are permanently fixed and do not increase with experience. Uh oh, you're a robot. You're a robot. See this again. Skills are permanently fixed and do not increase with experience if the robot has a simple computer brain. Don't look, splurge for your brain, people. Don't pay a million when you can pay 3. Point whatever or 3.5. Don't pay 1.1 million when you can pay 3.5 million. But increase at plus 2% per experience if advanced artificial intelligence. So, unless you want to be a dumb dumb robot. Furthermore, an advanced artificial intelligence can learn one new scholastic skill or two secondary skills. That's just a skill, not a program. At plus 10% and or two secondary skills and no bonus. Every level of experience starting with level two. Every. Okay, now that's awesome. Robots are pretty darn cool. If you want, you know, that mon those mundane tasks, that jack of all trades, doing a lot of different stuff. That's uh, when you compare it to the other characters, that's a lot of skill. That's a lot of skills. 
What's that? <laughs> Get so tired when they tell me one plus one equals ten and not two. Ah, nice binary. The skill level proficiency is proficiency is listed in parentheses. If no number is given, it starts at level one. Okay. Note the skill proficiency levels are seldom perfect, 98%. This is because of all the variations, applications, subjective reasoning involved. Also, why AIs can improve slightly as they learn. Now, the only one I disagree with is the math. I really do think that math should be 100. Maybe not advanced math. Maybe you know, trying to you know solve Feynman uh, you know equations or whatever you know for quantum theory might be different. But at least basic basic math. I can't talk. Um, I think whatever. Not, who cares? 98%. Let's go. Uh, basic combat program. So, handheld expert starts at level one. All combat moves and bonuses are gained with practical experience. All right. Number of attacks are ignored. Do not use them. Why? Because we already talked about them before. You're paying for them. The run is limited with number of purchases for it. Three minimum, and then you pay was it 700,000 or 500,000 after that. We already talked about that. All weapon proficiencies also start at first level proficiency. You've heard Heathen Dog and I talk about that, where we think we should, uh, I say the word rank. He doesn't really specify a term, but. You know, saying first level, I'm a fifth level character with a first level skill. How about say I'm a fifth level character with a rank one skill? Uh, it just you know, it makes more sense. So. Do, 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 uh, military etiquette, 90% climb. You can see them on here. Plus two to roll. Weapon proficiencies. And you get one of choice. Somebody randomly programmed you another proficiency, which makes sense. All right. Here, here are the different programs you can take. Remember, it said you could take one program. One skill program. So you're good at one thing, or, or I shouldn't say one thing. You're good at one role. So are you the ship's comm officer? Are you the ship's chef? That's what I want my robot to be. I want the robot to be the ship's chef. <laughs> my robot is my housewife. Here you go, all you waifus out there. All you weebos out there. Oh, there you go. Now you have your Japanese sex robot right there. <laughs> Electrical program. Ah. Espionage program. Ah, you super sneaky robot. My Japanese wife is giving me side eye. <laughs> All right. Espionage program. Yes, my metal body will clink, clink, clink and sneak on in. Thanks, you can have fake skin put over. I know we're having fun here. Investigative program. The pilot program. Science program. Social science program because you know who I want analyzing a human brain because psychologists can't even get it right. I want a robot to do it. Probably gets it right better. Now they think about it. The physical science program and other skill programs. So any of the skill programs available to humans can also be programmed into a robot. Use the preceding list as a guideline. Skills not already given a percentage should be 70 to 80%. Streetwise and seduction should be a meager 60%. Why? Because these are very idiosyncratic human concepts. That's why. Optional personality program. Okay, it says optional. And if I don't say that, Heathen Dog will probably yell at me. What kind of program does your robot have? I don't know. I have some dice right here. What do I roll up? I roll up an odd eight. These dice suck, by the way. You notice how many, I don't know, how many times I roll under 50? Actually, it's good for skill rolling, isn't it? Um, teacher, always pointing out mistakes. Oh, I am so this robot. <laughs> That's perfect. Always pointing out mistakes. They like, be corrected so people can learn from them. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and, and if you take the domestic program... <laughs> You got the school marm. You got Alice from the Jetsons. <laughs> uh, for the young kids out there, look it up. 
All right, what else do we have here? We have Bold Confidence Speaks with Air Superiority. Meatbags. Paternal, gung-ho, soft-spoken, streetwise type. Yo, that's my, my robots using 1940s uh, uh, Dick Tracy lingo. That'd be great. Gregarious and cheerful, always looking at the positive, even when things look be. Come on, humans, we can do it. Just because you might bleed to death, I won't. Let's go. All right, let's look at chat, uh, chat before we go into background data here. What do we got going on? Uh, all right, uh, let me scroll back a little bit here. Penny ship that had a math error in it. Yeah, fair. Everyone's the only correct way to pronounce a bear. Ah, whatever. Says you. Okay, fine. Says you with an impronounceable name. <laughs> uh, that's right. You know, Everett uh, uh, won't betray you. Tony Stark's AI helper. Don't want my pro uh, robots to question my mastermind. Uh, do I wanted to sew you? I'm sure you know. I, that's all. I, I don't trust robots. You can sew. That's it. But not my parachute because you're probably trying to kill me. Uh. AI yeah, seems to get a lot of things right more than academia and educated littles. That's why they have to pull the plug. <laughs> pull the plug on the robots. It's right. Stupid robot. Very I see what you did there. <laughs> droids billing droids. How perverse. <laughs> oh, references. You know, we're going to have all the robot references. Pictures. Not a robot piloting a robot, yeah. Um, it's like that centaur. If you watch DM James, uh, by the way, and everybody should, everybody should watch DM James channel. He put a meme out there, or so some DD creator said that centaurs are medium creatures, not mounted, or some crap like that. So he had a centaur mounting a horse <laughs> in order to get the charge attack. Like, oh, I don't ever want to see that again. All right, let's get back to what we're talking about here. Danger, Will Robinson. Yes, exactly. All right, step five, background data. All right, the cost, the cost, technology, and necessary facilities required for robot experimentation research is astronomical. I rolled in the mid, actually low mid-range, and I got 12 million. You guys have 12 million in your pocket? If you do, can I have some? Because uh, my, uh, everything is taking a hit this year. I looked at my investments again yesterday, and you don't want to know how far down they are. I'm going to be under a bridge soon. Um, reaching out like, Arms for the pause. Excuse me, I want more. Right. Only a multi-million dollar corporation or government-sponsored agency will have the resources and facilities necessary. Consequently, the character can be uh can't wait. Consequently, the character be he human pilot or robot intelligence will have certain ties to the sponsoring organization. Even if a character has a PhD and all the right skills, robot construction is not something one throws together by himself in his basement. Fair. Consequently, consequently, the Game Master should require such robot engineers to roll ties to an organization. If a copy of Villains Unlimited is also available, GM may wish fully... No, we're not talking about that today. I'm not against Villains Unlimited, just to be clear, but we're focused on Heroes Unlimited. So let me roll. Let me roll what agency my sponsoring organization is. A 90... Oh, I'm sorry. Read my dice backward. 19. Private industry. All right. Elon Musk is building me a what? All right. Uh, private industry. That's all I get. Just private industry. Okay. And uh, what do I get for the next? Oops, jeepers creepers. And this uh, 
this is this next one is like how we're getting along with each other sponsoring organization and then up here it should say yeah status status with the sponsoring organization what do i roll i got myself a 70 so with a 70 we got oh 70 lost it wanted back i have run amok i am out there wandering the world and they're looking for me the robot was either deactivated this is is this johnny five is this the whole johnny five story the robot was either deactivated and placed in storage where it was lost or hit by lightning shipped to the wrong oh there we go you see you fedexed it shouldn't have done that shipped to the wrong place misplaced and forgotten vanished from storage stolen etc or disappeared walk away in the confusion of attack emergency or field test was believed destroyed body never recovered this is all johnny fived up here now the organization now that the organization knows the robot exists they want it back and those who took it if that's the case punished May use force and may involve other law enforcement agencies or super being agents. See, this is a great story hook where it's like, ah, I don't, didn't really have an adventure plan for this week. You know what you can do? You could have the agency come a little too close and start finding out who that robot is. You could build an entire campaign on ditching the agency. I don't suggest doing that at level one. That's a little too on the nose for me or on the chin, however you want to say it. But once the character reaches level four or five, it's been kind of in the character's background, maybe even forgotten by the player to some degree. Snap that up. This goes recover lost property, but failing that, may decide to destroy it. <laughs> coming for you, Murdoch. Murdoch. I'm coming for you. Okay, that wasn't a robot, but I mean, he acts robotically. All right, quality of the robot. All right, let's roll for the quality of the robot. I got an 18. I roll a 17 and an 18. What is wrong with me? 18. Uh, experimental model. Laboratory tests unfinished, but field tests have been pushed ahead as a result of the budget cuts. So when you buy those extra uh, spare parts, as you as the robot were running out, like, I'm getting away. You're, you're like grabbing your spare parts. Or if we use the, sh the misshipping thing, the spare parts were packed with you. And you're like, huh, I might need this stuff. Just kind of grabbed it up, walking out. You know, you decided to put on a shirt so you could look more human. You folded the shirt over, put all your spare parts in there, and you're walking on the street like this. Or you're a bag lady. Because remember, we said domestic, right? You're a robot infiltrating a bag or, uh, or uh, acting as a bag lady. It's your little stroller. You got your little bubbles glasses on from Trailer Park Boys. You got your shopping cart. Your kitties. <laughs> I don't know. My mind is going. Uh, all right. So roll percentile each time a weapon device or special function is used each time. Each time. Okay, that would get tedious. 30% chance of malfunctioning. That would get tedious. However, I don't think I would do it each time. I think I would do it in each stressful situation, though. But hey, the book says each time, so we do it each time. You could also be a prototype. You could be abandoned because you suck. I mean, lack of finances. You left me alone, Daddy. That's why I ran away. <laughs> you could be the advanced field model. Or you could be the authorized final production model. All right. Other stuff. Weapons and armor. I got to breeze through this stuff. This segment has taken way forever long. Got to breeze through this. If you get financial resources, game masters may consider using other robot designs from other Palladium RPGs or make your own. And here's the Rift stuff. That's, that's a heathen dog thing. I'm, I, I'm not a Rifts guy. So. All right. Let's see what chat says before we go into construction, because he has got a bunch of notes for me on, these const on this construction. What are you guys saying in the chat here? Oops, just lost everything. Oh, do, 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 toss robot out when they are downsizing. <laughs> a rip. And the colonel said, clean up the warehouse. Yep. 
Yep, I had to do that one time, filling out those dumb forms. I found a shredder from 1947. That thing was huge, and it sounded like it had a chain link chainsaw engine in it. It's like, <laughs> that I mean, it wasn't huge, big, but it was crazy heavy, like all steel. Yeah, that was during the 90s when everybody was getting rifts, uh, rifted. Yep. Let's see, can't do AI because of intelligence pattern recognition these days. Age problem. <laughs> you really want artificial stupidity to share their conclusions? Fair. Uh, <laughs> they made the mistake of feeding the AI real crime data, which gave the AI ideas. <laughs> there you go. Uh, do, do, do. That's gross. That's grosser. Well, yeah, fair. The best way to point out stupid rules is to exploit them, yeah. All right. <laughs> and now we will go to robot construction. Where, where did I put my... Hey, where'd my, my page go? There it is. Oops. I did that wrong. I did that wrong. Oh, no. I lost everything. I said I lost everything. There we go. Uh, I did not lose everything. I just don't know how to use a computer. Apparently. Computers be hard, man. There. Now go up there. Put your tab back where you belong, buddy. Thank you. Okay. Sepsic robot construction. Now that you know the four major robot types, select one. Not roll for one. Select one. Pick an AI if appropriate. Obviously, you don't need to pick an AI if you're doing type one or type three. And move to the robot construction selections to build yourself a robot player character. All right, let me read Heathen Dog's notes. Before we even get into anything, let me read Heathen Dog's notes. Uh, I wrote so tinily here. I have to pull the glasses down. Got to do the old man glasses thing here. All right, Shani. Uh, unless you roll well on education. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, unless you roll well on education. Uh, you may not be able to repair yourself during play. And we've kind of already talked about that. So uh, use your money. To sp and spend it creati uh, creatively. So, uh, what, he, what he meant by creatively was, like, you may not just want to put everything into your one robot body. You may want to have a second robot body, uh, either to perform a different function, or you're going to definitely want some spare parts. So, make sure you keep some of you around. You might, want, you might be tempted to make that, you know, $15 million robot, or in my case, that $12 million robot, but what if I spend $8 million and then use the rest for spare parts? I mean, if I'm utterly obliterated, if they blow up all six million of me, you know, that might be a different story, but, you know, I'm dead anyway. Uh, do, 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 do. You can buy specific armor. His, his examples were how you can have an SDC suit, a speed suit, and a gadget suit. So a uh, SDC suit would be great for combat, right? Because you can take a lot more damage. And you can buy SDC, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, your speed suit would be maybe your heist. Or... Uh, it could just be for the getaway. Like, hey, robot, stay out here. We're going to give you the goods. You get away while we're covering you. Or it could just be in and out. We've got to catch somebody. Your pursuit. <laughs> got to get them. You know, so you can have that. So then you can have your gadget suit. You kind of jack of all trade suits. I can do a little bit of this. I can do a little bit of that. So once you know the mission you're going on, you can discuss it with the rest of your team. And you can uh, objectively be in the right suit. Um, see what else we had a human suit. Oh, so not, maybe you want like a, a jet suit or a jet pack suit. 
uh, where you can fly around, better maneuverability. You might want a human suit so you can you can you can integrate better. You can look more human, not freak people out so much. And you might want a spider suit for some climbing or to look creepy, or uh, it might have other special features that just works out extra legs. Somebody blows off one leg, you still have five or oh, seven. Because apparently I don't know what a spider is. But, but you get what I'm, um, I'm saying here. Like, have these different suits for different options. Maybe you only spend $2 million per suit. So a whole bunch of different options there. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, so what he said here is you don't just have to buy a spare set of legs. You can build brand new suits, have multiple sets. Um, and, and if you have a hardware character class or, or somebody's playing a hardware character in your group, that's amazing for you. If you're playing a robot, I almost would suggest not playing a robot if you don't have somebody with the hardware power category. I'm not saying it's wrong or you can't. I'm just saying I, I would lean against it a little heavier if you don't have somebody in the group who's uh, mechanical hardware. But, you know, your mileage may vary. And the last note here was plan properly, know your role for the mission, and pick the right suit. All right. Now, let's go into robot construction here. Note about style. A military or sleek futuristic look is simply a matter of style. If the vehicle already exists, there is no charge. If it's a new criminal design or major design modification, there's a new body design cost. A reinforced frame is necessary for high stress conditions like running at speeds of 300 kilometers or 300 miles per hour, 480 kilometers or greater. Great strength, heavy armor. And that was his other note that he sent me here. He says, Max, oh, important fact. A reinforced exoskeleton is required for any robot with a physical strength of 22 or more. And of course, we talked about the speed already. He did talk about uh, the land. The land doesn't matter if it's land, air, or sea speed. Robotic physical strength is considered superhuman for lifting, carrying, and fatigue. And we talked about some of that superhuman stuff in past videos. If it comes up here, I'll bring it up because I honestly don't have that specifics in my head uh, for what that is. But just know that robotic physical strength is considered superhuman. And if you have a physical strength of 22 or more, you do need to have the reinforced body frame. So let's look at some of these. We are not going to look at all these things. We're just going to look at some of them. So humanoid body si uh, styles. So you can have basic human. Life, uh, life size and proportion suitable for type 2, 3, or 4 robots. So not type 1. 6 to 8 feet tall. Light frame gives you, and that costs 500000 Okay. Remember, we haven't even paid for our containment suit or our AI yet. Or if you paid for your AI, like I would go advanced AI. That was what? 3.5 million. I am now at 4 million that I've spent out of my 12. One third of my money is gone just based on my body style and, uh, uh, and my uh, uh, intelligence type. You go large humanoid, 1.5 million. But now you can be pretty big. This is for type 1 and type 2 robots. Remember, type 2 robots can have advanced AI. They're not androids because androids are the basic human size. And vehicle accommodation. So if you're large, I could grab my party and put them in, in my suit. Or if I'm the robot, I could have each leg be a party member. I could, <laughs> I could put one in each leg and one in each arm. <laughs> Let's go. And then you jump out. Surprise. That was so weird. I don't know why I just said that. But that was fun. And you can see the additional cost there. You can have vehicular body styles. You can be, uh, was it, what was the stupid GoBot's name? That's the second time I mentioned GoBot. Psykill. You can be Psykill. Light motorcycle flame or cyclone. There you go. Cyclone from Robotech. 
I actually like the Cyclones from. I need to get Sentinels. I need to find the Sentinels book somewhere that's not cost me an arm and a leg and in good condition. Compact automobile, sports car, zoom, 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 and mid-sized sedan. Or you could be this dude walking in this spider, or actually this wouldn't be a spider, four-legged. Isn't this a mechanoid? Isn't this a mechanoid drawing? That could be a kit. There you go. Yeah, kit. You know, that's actually a very good question. Robots fatigue? Hmm. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. Maybe on Thursday when this segment goes live and Heathen Dog's here, because, again, because I'm going to duct tape him to a chair, <laughs> uh, perhaps uh, he can answer that better than I can. All right. Was that, uh, does additional... Well, okay, so let's look at it. Is it a flat rate or is it additional per person? Uh, let me scroll back up. Let's see, where is it? Uh, vehicle accommodations. One person, standard no cost. Two persons. Additional cost, that's probably like a, a co-pilot. Three persons adds two feet, additional cost, 30000 Four to six, increase size and weight by uh, 20%. So I'd say it's a flat cost, up to six. And if you want 12 people for some reason, you just buy this twice. That's how I would do it. But up to six, I would just follow these rules. After six, you're weird. <laughs> so. Let's look at geometric body styles. Cylindrical shape. You could be... Um, what are they called? Monodromes? Is that what they're called from Nirvana and Dungeons and Dragons? Light frame, reinforced frame, accommodating seat, tapered cylinder style. So, um, yeah, not quite a pyramid. I, I forget what the shape is actually called. Giant animal body styles. Here you go. Here's your Voltron. Canine body. Well, okay. Somebody's going to be able to do a vehicle Voltron. Yeah, I actually like the vehicle. I like the vehicle series better. I like the. Um, I like the lions as a shape better. Uh, anyway, uh, canine body style resembles a mechanized dog, wolf, or bear. Uh, okay, not sure how it's canine, but whatever. You, you get the idea here. Feline body styles. Powerful mechanized cat or lion, because lions aren't cat, cats, apparently. Um, and you can see how much it costs there. 240000 Reinforced frame. Add 2,000 pounds, so you're not going to be walking across roofs. And an extra 50000 and it accommodates two, four, six people. Animal bots, lifelike style. Just gonna go through power spot. Uh oh, your robot's got to be powered, right? It's a machine. Machines have to be powered. So, what kind of power can we have? Liquid fuel, despite incredible technological advancements. Liquid fuel engines. Uh, is twelve dollars a reasonable? Oh, stop! Time out. Is $12 a reasonable price for Robotech 2 cents? If it's in good condition, or... Yeah, I mean, if it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I've never seen it that low. Uh, usually, I'm seeing around 60 bucks. I, to be fair, I haven't looked recently. Uh, somebody order that for me. Somebody's going to order it out from underneath me. You know that. Probably eBay. But I'll take a look at that uh, later. Let's see, uh, super, so, oh, so what do we have here? Despite incredible technological advancements, liquid fuel engines are still likable. Greta Thornburg's got some words for you, sir. <laughs> A major disadvantage of this system are the use of limited consumable fuel that must be continually replaced uh, and containers to hold the fuel and the splody splody it does when somebody shoots it. On the other hand, the fuel is cheap and easily attainable. You do not live today. This book is a long time ago. Well, that is for sure. Liquid fuel requires an exhaust system that is not suitable for Android or type of... Oh, I can't chain start my Android? 
How may I help you today, sir? <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, 250K. So that's a lot of money for an engine. Player term size the gas tank it takes. All right. Super solar. Not just regular solar, but we have super solar. Power, uh, power source that collects sunlight in a super high efficiency conversion engine and generator. This is an excellent clean power source that doesn't work at night. Oh, with an indefinite lifespan. Wow. So not photovoltaic cells. That's for sure. Of course, it's limited that I must rely on a source of solar energy. Somebody shot a flashlight at him, please. <laughs> uh, the system functions uh, superbly well exposed to sunlight. A superior energy storage unit stores up to eight hours worth of power. Okay. During which time the robot operates at full capacity. All right, that's uh, that's a million. That's a million. Ooh, fusion power system. Now we got our BattleTech mechs going on. The most advanced power source available never needs recharging or refueling for an estimated six years, even with constant use. Go with protoculture, man. Oh wait, wrong game. This system is suitable for any large robot or vehicle type. And then microfusion power. Wow, look at how much that costs, man. That's almost half my budget. A tiny, micronized fusion reactor designed for small human-sized and animal robots and androids. So this is definitely good for your Type 4s. All right, legs and locomotion up here. Human-sized leg, giant-sized legs, animal legs. Okay, let's look at animal legs for a second. Um, two front and two rear, so you get four. Main style types are canine, feline, horse, and bird. Okay, uh, that'd be weird. Four bird legs. I want four bird legs, please. Suitable for all robot types. Natural simulated size, speed. 10 okay so speed of 10 uh basic system costs small medium large so horse size 1 million for horse size legs. so if you want to make yourself a centaur robot it's gonna be a million for those legs giant walker type animal style legs four-legged all-terrain vehicle means locomotion so this is your adats insect style legs usually long narrow telescoping legs that resemble a tripod or insect or something gross let's just say gross and the basic system for legs usually comes with a speed of 10, as we said above, right? For humanoid animal speed, uh, speed 20 for walker and insect styles. Except, uh, except for the insect styles, running can be pushed close to Mach 1. So I'm guessing the reason insect is no is because it's skinny. I don't know. Or about 750 miles per hour. It's actually, I thought Mach 1 was 660 or something like that, but whatever. Who cares? Or 1,200 kilometers uh, speed, uh, speed attribute points. Wait. Speed attribute points. Okay. Does he mean speed factor? Is this supposed to be speed factor? Uh, speed attribute points, 1100. Okay, I think he meant speed factor. I could be wrong. Somebody in chat who knows played in better than me will put, put it in there. Um, unlike the vehicle propulsion system types, Mach 1 is the maximum possible. So apparently you cannot be a robot F-15 or F-22 or F-20 whatever. Um, of course, flight capabilities can be built into humanoid or animal robots and faster propulsion. Oh, okay, never mind. Well, there you go. If you fly a oh, one, okay, Mach 1 is 660, yeah, whatever. So this is for ground movement. Got it, ground and sea movement. Running speed for leg system costs 200 for each speed point. Wow. And as Omen Owl says, that's not expensive. But, you know, you already spent $5 million for your... Uh, 
Now, vehicular locomotion. I don't have legs. I've got wheels and treads and pontoons because I'm, I'm Aquaman. I'm only good in the water. And you can buy things for that. And it comes with SDC. That's actually a lot of SDC for a wheel. Engine propulsion systems, fuel injectors, turbo, turbo jet, concealed helicopter and VTOL systems, 340k base speed, base speed, this means where it starts, 220 uh, or 150 miles per hour. Okay, hover jet system, it's experimental. So Omen Owl says, as soon as it pops up over here, as soon as it pops up over here, and it popped up over here. 218,000 for Mach 1. So, uh, when you play Powers Unlimited, knowing the, the uh, MPH of Mach 1 becomes very important. Yeah, I, I actually don't even have the Powers Unlimited book. I, to be fair, Heathen Dog's way more into Heroes Unlimited than I am. I'm Robotech and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So basically, Palladium doesn't have any games, modern games that I play. <laughs> any game that they own a license to. Um, I do like the Palladium system, though, which is why we're covering it. He may have that book. I'm not sure. Uh, I have Villains Unlimited and Heroes Unlimited, and that's it. That's directly Heroes Unlimited. Oh, I have Aliens Unlimited as well. I forgot about that. Uh, but yeah, I, I do know of the Powers Unlimited book, and people have commented on that in the past. I just don't know. Um, specifically, I don't know what's in it. So. But I put that up there because I want people to know that there are the game expands. Palladium's well known for its scope creep. You need a good game master and say, no, sir. No. <laughs> so uh, all right, what do we have here? Uh, hover jets, hover jet backpack, concealed micro hover system. Look at all these jump jet. Ooh, jump jets. A system of small but powerful jets distributed across the robot at key areas, which allowed for amazing jumps. The jump jets, uh, say the jets thrust the robot into the air, then pulse lightly as it descends to soften the landing. By additional jumping distances and so forth. This is this is me. That's my robot right there. I'm just a floating head with a thruster. An arm and a probing tool. And you know where the probing tool is going. All right, arms and hands. I am going to speed through this so quickly here. You can see, you do understand, hopefully by this point, that you have a lot of things to figure out. Detachable remote-controlled limb. What? Are you kidding me? Is this a zombie? I cut off its arm and it's still coming after me? The arm can detach at the forearm or hand at the wrist and can fly via rocket jets or hover system. <laughs> oh my god. Punch him! <laughs> like, what the hell? The limb is controlled directly with radio waves by the robot. It's a wireless connection. Okay. Yep, 1d6 damage. The, uh, the hand is rockets only. It can be launched to grab something at a distance or to attack at a distance at 46. It's clubbing you in the face for 46. But maneuvering is limited. Who wants to build a Frisbee centaur? <laughs> well, I think it did say hover uh, up here. It had hovering, yeah. Hover, hover jet, hover system. There you go. <laughs> uh, interchangeable interlocking unit for detachable limbs. You can snap them on and off. Interchangeable hand units. Electromagnetic clamp, buzzsaw, a high-powered drill, police-style lock and release gun, all these different things. Utility arms, small retractable arms, hands suitable for delicate work, repairs, and assistance. Probably want this for your doctor robot. Tentacles for you Japanese robots out there. Yes, we have tentacles. I'm leaving it at that. Let's see if my wife comes here and throws something at me again. Get problem. <laughs> 
Can the hands be hacked? I don't know. Maybe they can. Uh, all right. Audio, optics, and sensors. Yeah, exactly. Tentacles are a must. Uh, you have audio, basic listening, bug detectors, radar signal detectors, audio recorders. Yes, I'm skipping some. Modulated voice synthesizers. There you go, Darth Vader fans. There you go. Or if you just want to crank call somebody on the phone. <sighs> uh, what are you wearing, baby? You can do that now. Sound analysis computer. Optics, all types of different optics. Laser targeting system adds plus three to strike when using a distance weapon. Not applicable in hand-to-hand combat. Uh, video receiver, camera eye. Uh, okay, got a great question here that caused me to stop. MP Watts asks, are you going to be covering any other Palladium books? I'm happy you asked that question. So we've already done the mechanoids. Let me backtrack. 2022 is the year of Palladium books for us. We've already covered the Mechanoids and Palladium Fantasy. We're a little more than halfway through Heroes Unlimited. Next will be After the Bomb. After that, I think, is Beyond the Supernatural. Then we're going to do Nightbane. Not sure what's going to happen after those, because I don't know how long those are going to take, but we are going to end the year on Rifts. And Heathen Dog shows and decided if it's going to be Chaos Earth Rifts or if it's going to be Rifts Rifts. I want him to do Chaos, Chaos Earth Rifts. But he makes a very good argument when he says, hey, you know what? We're talking about the main core books of the games and the systems, not going into the other ones. So maybe doing regular, you know, Rift's universe. But so we'll decide that at the time. Now, what happens between Nightbane and Rift's? If there's time for that, I don't know. So I hope uh, hope that answers your question for you there. Why is Max making? How am I making fun of you? All right, which, uh, go ahead. Um, the best way to do it is to post it in our Discord, but you can also post in this chat. I'll take a look at what they are. I'll tell you what I won't cover. I, I guarantee you, there are two things we're not covering, and I'll explain why in a moment. We're not covering Ninjas and Super Spies. Go watch uh, Total Party Skills for that one. Total Party Skills has uh, some great topics. He loves Ninjas and Super Spies. He could do it much more justice, um, mostly because I think that's just, an, just add that to Heroes Unlimited. I, I'm not a fan of Ninjas and Super Spies. I own it. You can probably see it behind me, but, oh, it's covered. Uh, and we're not going to cover the zombie one because I freaking hate zombie tropes. Whatever that zombie game is, we're not covering. I have not looked at what games you want yet, if you've even typed it in. But uh, those are the two off limits. Not do- Oh, and we're not doing Recon because it's not, it's not really a Palladium game to us. I mean, I know Palladium publishes it. but uh... Pantheons, oh, okay. So, <laughs> no, we're not doing Recon. Uh, so here's... We're only doing the core games because that's all we have time for. With that said, that said, we plan to do some side videos. And it may include things like Pantheons of the Megaverse and Dragons and Gods. So, but those won't be part of the core of the year plating books. So um, I'll write that down to say that we got a request for it. You're always by far the best way to get, uh, get a hold of us and to remind us of things is to post on our Discord. But, uh, oh crap, I don't have that up on the screen anymore. Hold on, I screwed up. Let me get that on the screen. There, you should see our Discord address up there. If you can read that, it might be really tiny for you. Um, but let me write that down. And then maybe we'll do something on the, so- uh, the side for that. Uh, so, where's it? Pantheons of the Megaverse. Again, people on YouTube watching this later are probably really angry with me. But hey, I already told you we're going to sidetrack and tangent. And, and a stream chat comes first. Uh, the megaverse 
Plus, if Heathen Dog is here for the premiere on Thursday, I keep acting like he's going to be. I haven't talked to him about it. It's not fair for me to fall and tell him to be here. But uh, he might uh, talk about that at that time. And Dragons and Gods. Dragons and Gods. Okay, there we go. Got that written down. All right, what else do we have here? Uh, we have eye lasers. Pew, pew. You can be Cyclops. <laughs> I talk about comic books as if I know anything about them. I don't. Oh, God, I hated splicers. I, oh, God, do I hate splicers. If you like it, that's great. Honestly, that's great. I, I, I hope you have fun with it. Because it seems like it, I just, the biological, every, the whole, the whole metal thing. Uh, I, I, I can't get with it. I can't get with it. Just don't like it. It's not for me. If you like it, more power to you. Because I think it could be a really neat setting for some people. I do not like splicers at all. I actually have a video on splicers. Okay, let's uh, let's go through. So that, yeah, these are weapons. You can have a finger gun. God. I got that South Park song stuck in my head. I'm gonna finger bang bang you into the night. <laughs> okay. Um, and here's a robot for you. Uh. Could you make an an amazotype in what's an amazotype? I don't know what that is. Giant or vehicular style robots. Weapons, you got weapon limits. Super shotgun. Oh, it's a DC. Yeah, I, I'm the wrong person to talk. Unfortunately, I, I gotta be honest with you, I'm the wrong person to talk to about uh, comic books. Heathen Dog knows much more about them than me. And uh, Garthon, who was our comic book reviewer, knows like everything <laughs> like i am only about tabletop role-playing games and everything i've learned with regard to anime and comics actually comes from heathen dog and uh, and garthon so i apologize for that maybe somebody in chat can answer though um uh, so it's, let me put it up on the screen because you know we got chat on two different platforms here uh could you make an amazotype in heroes unlimited second edition so Oh, so it'd be another, okay, so it'd be another Mega Hero Android. So we have not covered Mega Heroes. That, uh, next week is going to be uh, Specialist Training, and the week after is going to be Mega Heroes. Uh, so uh, if you want to stand by for that, because somebody mentioned like the RoboCop thing uh, earlier. All right, let's, let me get back to this so I can finish this segment up here, and then I'll go through and check out all the chat here, uh, or most of it. You can have missile launchers. You can have large missile launchers, a laser cannon, heavy duty. How much is that bad boy? 5d6 damage. Now, if you're like, that's not a lot. Remember how many times you can fire per round? You've got multiple attacks. Um, energy is tied to the robots, of course. See modern combat for rate of fire. So, so it's basically, it can fire just, uh, it's got burst, wild, blah, blah, blah. You know. Particle beam cannon. Yeah, 1d6 times 10 plus 20. So, hold on, I'm rolling that. I'm rolling that. I rolled a four. So four, that's 40, that's 60 points of damage. Kablowy! Gun pods. Other available features. Again, the reason I'm not talking about literally everything here is uh, it's not my job to tell you everything it can do. Plus, if you're really interested, buy the book, play the game. All of them. I just want to entice you to want to play robots. Heathen Dog's probably like, oh god, Max, robots are stupid. I don't, I don't know how he feels about robots, but... Uh, I like the weird stuff sometimes. That's why I play aliens, I play uh, mutant animals, and I play robots. Uh, hardware. Like, I don't like the experiment, and I don't like the normal mutant. I don't. 
But, uh, I mean, obviously, I know there's a comic book tropes. I can't hate them. But uh, armor rating, oh, this is an important thing. Let's see, uh, body armor cost. Let's talk about armor, actually. Standard robot SDC. Normal-sized human-animal robots start with 225 SDC, while giant-sized human-animal robots have 450 SDC. Okay. Vehicular robots, 600, and tank types, 800. That's starting, right? But you can increase the overall SDC 10,000 for every SDC point with the following restrictions. A giant humanoid can only have 2,000 SDC maximum. That's going to be a lot of money. Humanoid side can have 900 maximum. All right, so you can kind of see what's going on here. Armor rating. Armor rating for all robots starts at six. Okay, so like everybody, but can be increased at a cost of 100,000 per AR point with a maximum of 15 or 17. If you're an Android exoskeleton, it's 15. If you're a robot, it's 17. There you go. Um, that's actually, here's the problem. The book was written originally in like the nineties. I, I do think a third edition needs to come out, but what I'm scared of is the guy who has something to do. I don't know if he's like the showrunner or whatever, but somebody involved with Savage Worlds is taking over. He's like the, 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 he's the successor to Kevin Symbiote. I don't know how to say his name. Uh, Symbita. Um, and I'm nervous about that because neither Heathen Dog nor I are huge fans of Savage Worlds. I respect it much more than Heathen Dog does, but, uh, all, all the Palladium system needs is to just be rewritten from scratch. Not the rules changed, re rewritten, represented from scratch with somebody who actually knows how to do layout and design of a book. The rules are fine. And then a lot of the rules where there are questions, add those clarifications in. That's all it needs. And then I agree with the comment on the screen. Update it. It's hard. I mean, I still play first edition, second edition Shadowrun. <laughs> You know, like you got 1990s computer technology going on there you know so yeah I, it, it is what it is right all right we'll get back to some more chat here in just a moment um uh, locking joints secret compartments give your han solo ship escape capsule ah i'll get you next time <laughs> underwater capabilities refrigerators for your soda and then we get to special training which will be next week if there's anything specific, oh, somebody was talking about uh, cosmetic stuff, so let's take a look at that. Uh, realistic skin overlay, looks and feels like the real thing, complete with fake musculature, 250,000. So if you want your robot, or your android, to mix in with human society, this is what you'd want to do. Real head hair implanted, unlike, never, nope, not gonna do that, that's pop culture. Uh, so it looks completely na uh, natural, 5,000. Real body hair, real fur, realistic eyes. You get what you want. So you can pay for all that stuff. So all right. There you go, guys. If I didn't cover anything you wanted me to cover, talk to Heathen Dog about it, because he'll be able to answer those questions better than me. Uh I think we went through it. I like robots. I like the idea of robots. Um, I think the type one is kind of dumb. But like somebody said, for NPCs, that's they're fine. Um, I'm kind of scrolling back slowly so you can see some of the stuff that I may have passed over might want to look at. Nope, I'm done. Because I want to read chat. Alright, what do we have in chat? No, 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 no. Let me scroll back here. Yep, we already did splicers. What am I going to do in 2023? I don't know. Um, I have a list of things that we, that, uh, 
we haven't covered that we've talked about covering. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I kind of have a list of things, but it's not it's not a definitive list, and and our thoughts can change. We'll probably go back to cover one or more OSR things at some point. Um, not a lot of them because you guys probably know how I feel about OSR. I kind of want to do rule cyclopedia. Um, got some other games. I mean, Hyperborea is coming out, although that's OSR. Um, what else? Uh, Conan, but I, I might do Conan before then because you know I was kind of paid in a way to do Conan. Um, 2D20. What else? Uh, what's, what's the other 2D20 game I've got? Um, I forget the name of it. Mutant Chronicles. I forget. I'd have to, I'd have to grab my list. I, I don't, but uh, it's, it's not going to be the year of any one set. Oh, GURPS. We're thinking about doing GURPS. Thinking about, no guarantee. We're thinking about doing GURPS. Uh, and then doing some of the settings of GURPS. Or we may do Hero System. I don't know. Remember, Heathen Dog really likes this point-based thing. So. But, we'll, but we'll see. There, there's a few things on the docket. And uh, we'll just uh, figure that out kind of as we get closer to that point. I don't want to put anything in stone right now because if I do, then, you know, things can change. Uh, so Dead Rain is one of the few core books that significantly updated character generation rules. Oh, I don't want to cover I, I hate zombies. I really do. The zombie, I was tired of the zombie trope back in like 2010. Like, oh, we got The Walking Dead. I'm like, oh, why? Um, let's see do, 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 do. what's this uh, Eastmas, between the extensive systems a lot of tech was based on from the 80s 90s you can almost build a robot made of broomsticks in a bucket with the face <laughs> fair uh, do, do, do. The, the main thing about splicers that, that irked me was that that so that huge separation between biology and uh, and metal? I get I get it. It's part of the story. It's baked into the game. But like the 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 gross guns were just. Eh. Eh. Oh, so Killraven says you can't make a meso even as a mega hero. Okay. Again, I don't know enough about it. And of course, yeah. I mean. This should be this should be duh for everybody, but just in case for people out there, yes, uh, you can you can do whatever you want with an NPC. I got fifty five million dollars. Uh, you're yeah, you're not supposed to mix and match. I think Heathen Dog and I talked about that in one of the previous episodes. I think it was with the experiment. I could be wrong. Maybe it was the hardware. Really not supposed to mix and match. You're supposed to know your role, but of course, you know how players are. I want to do this. I'm very good about saying no. <laughs> but it just makes sense. I don't care if it makes sense. No. <laughs> but I, 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 no. Uh. Yeah, and, and we already answered this one, but I want to put it back up there because I think it's a good comment. <laughs> Goes back to Bruce is not the biggest fan of Palladium, uh, the Palladium system, but welcome, Bruce. Good to see you here. Bruce ruined my stream on Friday. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, let's see. Most of the, yeah, most of the rules are fine. So sometimes they need clarification, but most of the rules are fine, yeah. I'm nervous about the handoff. Yes, but I also recognize that... Uh, 
As, you know, as long as he keeps this system, there's nothing wrong with the palladium system. Anybody who tells you it's hard or it's bad or it's whatever, there's nothing wrong with the palladium system. Nothing. It just needs clarification. It needs to be edited in a more modern style and never use they in the singular, which right now palladium doesn't do. Um, it just that that's it just needs to be just needs to be streamlined better. The fluff is great. The lore of palladium is amazing. The rules need to just be presented more efficiently. That's it. And with all those form questions and, and clarifications, put in the game. And always with the thing, like, your table may vary. Oops. God, I hate it when it jumps like this. I have to scroll back. These robots don't feel like they fit in a superhero game. Well, uh, Heathen Dog could probably explain it better than me. Uh, I mean, I can, I can see it. I can feel it. But you, you might be right. I mean, I, I'm not an aficionado of the hero, you know, superhero genre. Um, I just look at it as a character that's got more power than, you know, than somebody else. And if I'm playing the robot itself. But, you know, I, I, I can't necessarily disagree. Yeah, so here we go. Not a super fan of Palladium. See, I like the skill system. I, I like the percentile-based skill system. I, I, my problem with the skill system, though, it's not consistent across the games, uh, number one. But number two is the fact that you always have, like, okay, it's 60 plus three, it's 80 plus two, it's 70 plus five, it's 55 plus four. It's like, like just have a consistent... Uh, the disagreement there, that's fine. Uh, Gamma, you know, uh, well, if you guys want to talk, uh, see Gamma World, I think you want to watch RPG Elite. Stood me up a week ago, two ago, on my Friday chill stream. But RPG Elite's got a bunch of Gamma World. I think his is fourth edition, though. I, I, I don't know. This is a mistake. Don't ever agree with me. Don't ever agree with me. You will lose friends. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Zombies and vampires both. Vampires, I was actually, I'm not as burned out of vampires. I'm burnt out of people making every weird excuse to play vampires differently than, than blood-sucking, blood-suckers that turn into bats. No, whatever. Oh, hey, Crafty's here. Hey, Crafty, we're still in segment one, sir. <laughs> Bruce. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up segment one here. We're just answering some questions, looking at chat, and then, uh... okay, here we go. Uh, the weakness of the robot and cyborgs in Heroes Unlimited is that they're much, much cheaper equivalents uh, in normal weapons and body armor. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you. Again, you guys probably know way more than I do. You've looked into the minutia more than me, so. I would still play a robot. Uh, I, I don't ever look for the min-maxing side of it, and I'm not complaining. I'm not saying, oh my god, you're min-maxing. I'm just saying, like, for me, I'm going to play something that I find interesting, and I could find a robot interesting. Oh. All right. Uh, percentile based games don't have to be this way though that's the thing that, that that's part of the problem this if you want to look at our videos on battle lords of the 23rd century 7th edition well I'm no fan of 7th edition as far as like the skills go and, and and how combat is done it's generically the same i do like fourth and sixth edition of battle lords of the 23rd century and uh if you want to talk about crunch, if you want to talk about a game screeching to a halt to figure out how percent how to run a percentage based system badly, 
uh, I shouldn't say badly, but you know what? It's very simulationist, and there are people who like that simulationist side. So, um, and I, I say my favorite percentile-based system to this day is still Chaosium. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying for me. All right, let's uh, let's finish this up, and uh, it's because we're talking about uh, stuff outside the scope here. Next week is going to be power category special training. I do not like this one. I can't remember if Heathen Dog does or not. Um, although my understanding is it changed quite a bit in second edition. So maybe I will be converted to it. But if you want to come by and you want to see Power Category Special Training next week and then the week after that, Mega Heroes, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. And of course, you can follow us on all these fine websites right there. Please come by our Discord. Come talk to us. Talk to our great chatters. Getting some weird stuff going on in the Discord right now. Somebody might might have to... I don't ever ban anybody, but somebody might be getting a timeout hammer pretty soon here. <laughs> but uh, got a lot of great people on our Discord talking to us. Uh, I would rather use Gilded than Discord, but hey, nobody will leave uh, Discord, so we're, we're going we're gonna to stay there. I'm going to be where the peoples is. That's right. That's my good English for you. Peoples is. And here's our stream schedule for the week. Right. So what we got in chat? Will we move in between segments here? Yeah, I mean, Thacko is 5% protect, sure. I have, uh, I'll probably cover Star, was it Star Adventure? Which one's Pundits? Star Adventure? I think that's on my docket of things to look at. I was thinking about doing Year of, um, Year of the Year Zero Engine, too, but I don't think Heathen Dog would be interested in that, and I, I don't... And you have to understand that while I am the owner of Legion of Myth, Segment 1 is a lot in his hands intentionally. Why am I shiny here? I'm not sweating. Um, uh, is a lot in his hands because of his take on these games, because of the way he dives into the minutia differently than I do, or more so than I do. So a lot of that uh, is why... Um, you know, I want to make sure that we're covering something that, you know, if it frustrates him one week, I don't care. But if it frustrates him over the course of months, you know, that's that's not fair to him. So you're a pundit. Nope. Nope. And uh, somebody's going to clip that and say, oh, Legion Myth hates you. Nope, I don't hate pundit at all. In fact, I like pundit. He's welcome on here anytime he wants to come on and chat. Uh, the thing is, is his style of gaming. It's uh, him and Venger are opposite sides of the script for me. Pundit is too realistic. I don't want realistic in my fantasy. I'm glad it's there and I'm glad people like his stuff. I really am. And I hope he keeps making it. I hope he's successful with it. Buy pundit stuff. But I'm not looking for that in my games. Venger, on the other hand, is too gonzo. He's too crazy. I don't like that. That goes too far to the other extreme for me. But again, I hope you like his stuff. I hope you buy it. Um, so, yeah, we'd never have Year of Pundit. So, all right, that was kind of a long segment one, wasn't it? We're at three o'clock my time, and I said it's two hours. Tweeting, oh, over an hour and a half on that. No, well, robots have a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad you came here for what the actual segment one was, and we haven't even gotten into segment two yet. Uh, do you allow crossover from here? Some limited. Um, 
let, let me actually go back. That question was asked a while ago. Um, do you allow crossover from Heroes Unlimited uh, to addition to other Palladium books? Heathen Dog, I think, does more than me. It, it really depends. For me, I want to be very clear. The only Palladium game I actually run nowadays is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles slash After the Bomb. And it's definitely a home-brewed setting. And what I mean by that is I don't use the actual After the Bomb world, because to be fair, in the first edition After the Bomb, that orange book, there's almost nothing in there. So I just do my own thing um, in a world where it's humans versus mutant animals. Uh, for, you know, obviously it's more than that, but, you know, in a simplistic sense. So as far as crossovers goes, I've tried to cross over Ninjas and Super Spies into, I, I did not like it at all. Um, I pretty much just stick to the to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle book. Uh, now, Heathen Dog, on the other hand, he runs Rifts, he runs Heroes Unlimited, and those are much more open to the crossover idea. And I apologize for Heathen Dog not being here. He decided family was more important than gaming. He's a bad, bad person because of that. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm just not a good person for that because of the games that I run. But uh, I would have to ask him. I know he understands it. I know he knows the conversion book. He did a video on it, but I don't know if he how far he goes with it. He, he tends to be the type of person to be like, okay, but understand here the weaknesses of that. So if you do it, I'm not pulling any punches because you want to, but I also know that he will limit things. So. I did, I did skim over a bunch. Yeah. I did. Did mostly, mostly on the equipment side. Um, I mean, everybody should have gotten understanding of what the type one, two, three, and four body styles are, um, what the strengths, generic strength and weaknesses are. But yeah, as far as the equipment goes, pretty much if you can dream it, it's there. Why don't bro? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, you could play with the comic books, but I, but uh, I, I didn't read the comic books. I read a couple of them, but I, I never, I didn't get into comic books. So, and while I prefer the comic books over the dumb cartoon, and I understand the comic books, I mean, somebody surprised said Shredder was killed in comic book number one. I was like, oh, really? That's weird. Okay, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I always did kind of a homebrew thing. I, I like, see, I like post-apocalyptic. That's why I do Earth Dawn, which might not seem post-apocalyptic to some people, but it really is. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the After the Bomb is post-apocalyptic. I like that kind of setting. I like Mutant Crawl, Mutant Crawl Classics over Dungeon Crawl Classics because of the post-apocalyptic side. So, All right, segment two might be another long one, so I want to get into that quick, fast, and in a hurry here. So uh, let's, start, let's start preparing for segment two. Okay, I've got that ready. And uh, where's my segment two stuff? All right, for segment two today, we are going to talk about role-playing, R-O-L-L, and role-playing, R-O-L-E. How much is too much? Is role-playing bad? Are you a bad person because of how you role-play? Pick whichever spelling you want. We're actually going to look at something written years ago by Gary Gygax, saying, Oh my God, nerds, stop your LARPing. <laughs> That's what you get out of it? Well, I don't know what to say. Um, 
you know, there are some people out there who are like, oh my God, you, you role players, you're just LARPing at the table. It's just about sitting back saying my character does this and having strong tactics, kicking down doors and, and, uh, and getting loot. Hey, that might be, that might be how you play. Other people like, forsooth, good sir, I hearken upon thee with the t- tribulations of the day. Like, uh, you know, in, in some sort of voice and, and you know, getting into the character uh, and spending two hours at the table talking back and forth in dialogue. I've had sessions, not many, but I've had sessions in the past as a game master. I did nothing. They sat there and just talked the entire time and they're happy for it. Some groups uh, are, are happy with that. Some groups are not. But how far is too far? How, where is that line? Where is the bridge crossed where you are no longer playing the game right, sir? You are not playing correctly. Well, maybe we're about to find out in the immortal words of E. Gary Gygax. Remember, role-playing games are about escapism, not representation. Role-playing games are entertainment. They are not your dumb activism on either side of the fence and or all sides of fences and all, all the hexagonal fences. <laughs> and when you play games, you want natural inclusion, not forced diversity. Play with the people around you. Play with those who want to play, who can uh, uh, agree to core values one and two here, who will absolutely have a fun time at the table, no matter what skin color or who person sleeps with or religion proclivities or whatever. Just play with people who respect the game and the gaming table. And you can find us at these fine websites here. And of course, you can check our live stream schedule. That's right, I'm... It's, uh, it's 3 p.m. now, but it's, we start at 1 p.m. on Sundays. Heathen Dog comes back with video games at 8.30 on Thursdays. I am back for Friday Chill Stream, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in the tabletop and nerdosphere hobbies. That's right. Communities, hobbies, fandoms, whatever you want to call them. And on Saturday, Heathen Dog is back with co-op video games, where he plays with Mark Hawkman, Sheris, and Garthon, and they stand in fire a lot. Uh, and of course, if you're a member... Or if you want to be part of the super secret, ask me anything live streams. You can join us at 6 p.m. Central Time before the Friday chill stream on the last Friday of every month. All right. So we're talking about what are we going to do? Kind of weirdness am I sharing now? Oh, I got to move these, these things around. You move over here and you move over here. Uh. Now, share. Sharing is caring. Share this video. I don't need audio. Boop. Get the chat back up over there. There we go. Yes, we're going to talk about Dragon Magazine number 102. Is there a date on this thing? What's a date on this thing? Uh, I don't really see it. Probably on the inside. But it's a long time ago. Too far is when people come to blows. That's it's a pretty good line. I give bonuses to roles for good role playing. Yeah. See that? Not saying I agree to say, oh, have a good day, Doc Fearsome. If you're still here, if you're not, if you've already slinked out, I still, you know, you watch this later. Have a good day. All right. So let me get this there, do the F11 thing, make it just a touch bigger for everybody. All right, we're going to look at this Dragon Magazine. You're next, punk. Okay. Some Middle Earth stuff. Do we have a date in here? 
I, I just really want to see the date of this. It's here. Uh, I still don't see a date. Whatever. We're going to be reading this one here. Page 8, Realms of Roleplaying by Gary Gygax. So let's go to page 8. I probably passed it. There we go. Realms of Roleplaying. How long is this? Gary has such a weird way. Oh, God, that's going to be long. All right, let's get through it. Here we go. Get those cups of coffee ready. Oh, let me give you the impetus of why this is here. You know, people like to say that uh, that role-playing is bad and role-playing's wrong. Role-playing, oh, it looks like 1985 this was written. Oh, my God, role-players, dra you Dragonlance people, you ruined Dungeons and Dragons, because that, that, that's my era. My era of play is kind of the Dragonlance stuff, where I like campaigns. I want to recreate Lord of the Rings. I want to grow a character from level 1 to level 20. I like starting off the farm. I like being the zero to hero, not the hero to superhero. I'm going to play a campaign for years, and I'm going to watch my character develop, and I'm going to reminisce about those times when my character was level 1 and stupid and did dumb things and only had one magic missile or whatever and then where i am at level 20 or whatever level we end at that's that's high um you know with with all this ability of time stop and disintegrate and teleport without air and so forth i want to i, I, I used to play a lot of wizards sorry uh but uh, you know i i want to i want to feel that growth and i want to be able to look back at how naive my character was you know whether it's because i was naive to the setting or naive to the homebrew or or just i was playing my character role-playing I want to have discussions. Look, I don't believe in role-playing with every vendor that's selling you a rope. Shut up and roll your haggle skill. Did you make it? Okay, fine. You get 10% off. Have a nice day. Whatever the core book says. You know, unless it's a necessary NPC, I'm not really going to role-play it. Okay? Just not. It's, it's going to take up too much time. But I want the characters in the party to role-play. I want them to bond as a group. Not just be like, yeah, my character doesn't like elves. No. Bond as a group. Note that. Have that come through through your role-playing. And if that's too much for you, well, I don't care. Oh, wait, this is segment two. I'm allowed to curse. Ha! Um, you know, that's how I want it to be. But I also don't want it to distract from all the other players at the table. And everybody's role-playing acumen is different. Some people are introverts. Some people just aren't comfortable with it. Some people don't like it. At my table, you have to do it at least a little bit. You have to. And if that's if you're not going to be okay with that, then you're not going to be at my table because you're you're breaking the theme or the feel of my table. That might not be right for your table. You may expect everybody to dress up in costumes and speak with an accent and get so deep into their character that when they die, they commit seppuku. Or you might just be back chomping on some potato chips, kicking with your feet up on the table, playing playing your Game Boy. <laughs> we talked about that on Friday, um, and just like. All right, man. Yeah, what I'm rolling? D6s? Okay, uh, D6. I'm, I'm just swinging again. All right, got three. You know. Your table. But we as nerds like to say, you're nerding wrong. You're doing the nerdity wrong. You're a bad nerd. So let's find out what uh, Gary Gygax had to say about this. And I'm going to drink a little bit beforehand. No, it is not alcohol. All right, realms of role-playing. Let's start pushing the pendulum the other way. There was a long period of time when action, rather than role-playing, was the major focus of gaming. And this is especially true with respect to tournament scenarios at conventions. Okay, 
Starting off, I agree with that. When you're playing at a convention, you're probably not going to have a long time for role-playing. you got four to six hours. I don't know how, how long games were played back then. Maybe if you join a long game, eight hours uh, to put into it. you got an objective. You just go towards that objective. I get that. Okay. Thus, in Advanced Dungeons & Dragons game scenario, typically stress combat with monsters to achieve the goals set before the characters. Again, it comes from the wargaming side. This all makes sense. Now the pendulum has swung the other way. Much emphasis is being placed on how well the player takes on the role of his or her character. Yes, sir. I agree with that, and I like that. Personification and acting are replacing action of the more direct and forceful type. Why not do both? Be it sword swinging, spell casting, or anything else. Before this trend goes too far, it's time to consider what the typical role-playing game is all about. Okay. Some people right now are going to get angry. How dare this guy tell me what the game is about? Well... Well, he did not invent role-playing. Role-playing has been around for thousands of years. Kings and knights used to do sand tables and so forth and try to get in the heads of their enemies. People were playing cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians or whatever the hell else they were playing all the way going back when imagination, because all you had was a stick to act like a sword, people were role-playing going all the way back. He didn't invent it. But it's hard to dispute that he, didn't, or that he invented our current hobby. Okay, whether, you know, you know, what we see today, was it his vision? I don't know. I'm not him. But our hobby, it's hard to dispute that he created what we know as his hobby today, right? So, this, that's oh, my point being, that's why his words are important. Even if you're one of those weirdos who wants to sit out there, oh, he's such a white racist, uh, fuck off. If you feel that way, I... Take your head, put it under water three times, but pull it up twice. I mean, I don't want you pulling out your hair, so just pull it up twice. First, it's important to remember that role-playing is a modifier of the noun game. Okay. Sure. We are dealing with a game which is based on role-playing, but it is first and foremost a game. Don't see why they can't be equal. The word role-playing is longer. <laughs> uh, Games are not plays, although role-playing games should have some of the theater included in their play. Okay. To put undue stress upon mere role-playing places the cart before the horse. I do agree with this. So right now, because I'm kind of reading into this and I don't want to, so not reading into it, just using the words on the page. Right now, I don't necessarily disagree with them. This is the, the debate, or I shouldn't say debate, this is where Shauna and I talk, where I think that he goes too far with the role-playing thing and forgets that it's a game. Shauna's got a great way of role-playing. I like it conceptually, but, it's, but it is a game. It's not a play. Uh, everything shouldn't just be about uh, pantomiming at the table. So putting undue stress upon the mere role-playing places cart for the horse. You've got to remember to roll dice. You've got to remember that just because you acted it out doesn't mean it's going to work as successfully for you as you think. That's why I think charisma checks are done backwards. How many times do you see people say, all right, what do you do? All right, roll your charisma check. No. Roll your charisma check, find out if you succeeded or failed, and then kind of act it out from there. Because if you failed and you gave the best speech ever, I still have to say you failed. <laughs> um, there is, there's definitely a game aspect to it. Role-playing is, role is a necessary part of the game. But it is by no means the whole of the matter. I agree. I completely agree with this so far. Role-playing is similar to, but not the same as role assumption. Yeah, I've read his books uh, where he talks about role assumption and, and role-play. Uh, I, I, again, I disagree with him on this, and we might 
get a chance to talk about it here. I don't know. I have not read this. The latter term is generally used to identify the individual's acceptance of a part in which he or she could actually perform. Okay. While a child might play the role of a parent, an adult would assume that role when dealing with his or her children. No, the parent is that role. See, this is where I disagree with his semantics on this. Uh, but, <coughs> oh God, excuse me. <coughs> Gygax coming from the game, trying to, uh, the grave trying to kill me. Uh, this distinction is uh, sorry, this distinction is important in the context of gaming because of the stress now being played uh, placed upon role playing. Too much emphasis in this direction tends to make playing out an adventure more of a children's let's pretend activity than an action packed game which involves all sorts of fun, including playing the role. Uh, uh, including the playing of a role, but other fun aspects as well. Including playing the role, including the playing of a role, but other fun aspects as well. Okay, I, I apparently can't read that sentence, but um, hmm. Well, again, I'm going to kind of disagree with him here because I think no matter how in depth you get into it, whether you're kicking back and just saying, "All right, I attack, roll dice, what what, what happened? Did I do six points of damage. All right, oh, he attacks me. Uh, he missed. Okay, that's still playing. Let's pretend to me. You're still pretending. You just doing it with less imagination, you know? So, role-playing games should be such that players begin the personification portion as role-play, and then as they progress, the activity should involve in something akin to role-assumption. Okay, not exactly sure what he means by this, so let's go on. This does away with stilted attempts to act the part of some character. In place of this, players should try to become that person they are imagining during the course of the game and conduct the actions of their characters accordingly. It almost sounds to me like he's talking out of two sides of his mouth. I don't want you to roleplay, but I want you to roleplay. And, and isn't that what it sounds like to you guys? <laughs> I'll get to you guys chatting a little bit, so uh, if I don't think I'm ignoring you, I want to get through portions of this before I put the chat up on the screen. You know, a spy, for example speaks in one way to his superiors and another way when he converses with his equals. Okay. And in yet an entirely different way when he's attempting to penetrate an enemy installation and is impersonating a plumber, perhaps. Okay. Implemented in this fashion, the concept becomes one of roles within roles. Yeah. Look at The Saint. Watch the movie The Saint and how Val Kilmer plays that character. This applies to all role-playing games, of course. Straining to play a role is certainly contrary to the purpose of the game. Uh, well, straining. If, if you're emphasizing the word straining, I'll agree. Outside of that, I disagree with this. So we'll see what he's trying to say as we go on here. The actual reason for gaming is fun, not instructions in theatrics or training in thespian art. See, but the, this is where I say it goes. the pendulum just goes too far the other way. I don't LARP. I don't do... Oh, hold on. I can't put that on the screen, Bruce. Sorry, it, it doesn't pop up in streamers. But Bruce Lombardo of Dick's Division has been a member for four months, and he says, go see Top Gun Maverick. You won't regret it. All right, so everybody, go see Top Gun Maverick. And Bruce, thank you for being a member for four months. I appreciate that. And he likes to super chat us at the same time, so he like, like double fists me. Wait a minute, that didn't come out right. <laughs> Role-playing is certainly a necessary and desirable part of the whole game but it is a 
heart. Okay, again, going back to this, I agree. Challenge, excitement, suspense, and questing are other portions equally necessary to a game of this nature. All right, let's uh, let's let's go to let's go to chat. Okay, let me bring this over. Let's see what chat's been saying. Scroll back up. Um, wow, there's actually been more chat than I thought. Uh, okay, so there we go. I think that's where the year of skill based game. Educating players in games that are not class-based, OSR-based, or straight D. Wow, yeah, uh, so Heathen Dog would be much better at that than me. Well, uh, no, I'm thinking point-based games. Oh, hold on, no, no, I'm specifically thinking point-based games. So no, 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 in, in that regard, no, I, I'd be fine. It's the point-based games. Like, he's better at GURPS and Champions. And... <laughs> oh, God. Ah, oh, Bruce, you're gross. But I've got a... <laughs> Bruce Lombardo for 20 awesome dollars, Bruce. Bruce, you're awesome. Thank you very much. Double fisting. I like how you spelled that. Don't mind if I... Oh, never mind. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Uh, you can catch Bruce Lombardo of Dick's Division on his channel as he runs Pathfinder, has cultural commentary, and joins us on the Friday Night Chill stream. He's also got his Table Breaker show that he does with... Uh, 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 I keep using real names. Uh, Baron G-Rock and Connell, and uh, he's part of Gatekeepers as well. So check out Bruce Lombardo. He's all over the place, but that's his channel name. You can see it on the screen right there. Check that out. I have to scroll back and find where chat ended. Oh, my God. Crafty, thank you. Yeah, You have been a member longer. Yes, Crafty. Thank you very much for 18 months. Yeah, well, I've been a member longer. I wish I could put those on the screen, but I can't. Uh, thought I could pass. Okay, hold on. Where... We get back to here. So we had Crafty up here at the year of the skill pace game. Uh, do, 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 do. Yes, uh, this is true, and I do the same. Does it cover equally teenage? No, not so much. Uh, you know, that's why maybe after the bomb would be a better, a better one. That goes back to segment one for people who uh, are like, why is he talking about this in Gygax's thing? Sorry. Uh, having done both tabletop and LARP found them to be absolutely nothing alike, not even emotionally. I, I, I didn't like LARP. I had bad experiences, but you know what? Other people like it. Other people do it. Have fun with it. Um, I'm in the middle. I'll tell you, like, I, I want to roleplay my character, but not to excess. I want to roleplay my character being a dumb level one and a high and mighty level, you know, whatever, 12, 19, 30, whatever. Um, I want to watch the character grow. I want to be that character as it grows, but only at the time while I'm at the table. If I'm not at the table, then I'm... Uh, that, that's me. I want to go on epic quest. Now, that epic quest doesn't have to start at level one. You know, it can start at level five. You know, well, level one to level five, we're getting to know each other or whatever. Like, I, I don't like Monster of the Week adventures. At least not over the long term. As side quests, sure. But I like to know that... Uh, that at level one, my impact of the world is that big. Yay, I saved a kitten from a tree. But at level 20, I saved the world from the big bad, from the evil empire, from the demons coming from outer space or, or whatever. You know, I, you grow with it. At level one, level five, not many people know me. At level 10, we go places and we're recognized. Maybe not everywhere. At level 20, the world knows about, you know, that's, I want that kind of growth. That, that's what I look for. Nerdy Ogre says, role-playing and role-playing are the same thing. Are they, though? Are they? 
Uh, role play with role play is dumb. A character wants to convince NPCs. The players will do a big eloquent speech and roll a one. That's what you know, what I say is that people just roll charisma. Wrong. You don't roll <laughs> like you. You don't usually describe what you're doing before you roll it. Well, I guess you could. Uh, a lot of times, uh, okay, that's not fully true. How do I want to say this? When you're picking the lock, you pick the lock and then you explain what happens after the fact. When people make charisma checks, they should fail or succeed the charisma check first and then act it out. But one of the problems here is, uh, you know, people use the Raiders of the Ark example. Dude's all flashy, blah, blah, blah. And Han Solo, yes, I just said Han Solo, pulls out his gun and goes, boom. At some point, nobody cares that you have a 20-minute speech. You're just trying to convince somebody to give you some rope or to sit down at your fire. <laughs> like, like... You know, act like normal people. Uh, so, so with that regard, yeah, I, 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 part of that I can agree with. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I do like role playing, and I will actually let role playing R O L E affect the reaction adjustment role just a little bit. Um, yes, there's a fine line between role play and ham-fisted amateurish acting. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, let's see what says also you want to role play your attributes but guess what you rolled for them unless you're a modern well yeah, I mean you rolled for them but you can still play yourself as you know the 80 pound Mortimer snurred weakling or I am Conan you know I mean, you, you can you can role play your attributes now where people have heartburn and you probably saw this with heathen dog in one of the past episodes where he's like I don't want to be a rube the intelligence side of it is harder that can be. And even the wisdom side of it can be harder. But I don't, I don't stick people so to the numbers where it's like, you're too stupid to play. <laughs> you, you can't play a wizard, you're too dumb. No, 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 no. You know, you're playing your idealized character. When, I, when I'm talking role-playing is I want the characters to talk like they are. You don't have to tell me about every daily routine that you're going out, you know, I'm, so I'm taking my two minutes to piss, my... You know, 17 minutes to shit. Uh, I'm going to dig a hole and bury it so nobody's trapped. It's like, no, you don't have to. But just talk to each other like you're talking to each other. Hey, I'm, I'm going to tell him he should probably attack the red thing. Fucking tell him. You know, so. And this is true. It's dependent on each group. Um, but the reason why I'm doing this article that's on the screen is because people said, you need to know what Gary Gygax said about it. Because, you know, some people are, you know, some people say they're not priors of Gygax, but they are. Other people hate Gygax and everything he says. And so far, I'm going to say, so far, I think what he's writing is balanced. If you take him at his literal words and not try to read into it. Yeah, for uh, main rules, uh, don't bring your shit to the table. No polish, just personal. Yeah, exactly. You know, we talked about, I think it was a little bit on Friday, where people would, uh, you know, they'd have something bad happen in life, happen at school or happen at work or whatever, and then they come to the game and they start messing with each other in character for stuff that happened out of character. Yeah, role-playing for shopping is just time-wasting. Unless the one caveat in my worlds, uh, you're going to role-play for your magic items because I don't have magic shops. I get it. I do absolutely get it. Noro was on a couple of times, and she doesn't want anything to do with this. 
I kind of forced her to be on for the for those of you who watched the Oriental Adventures one. I kind of forced her to be on that one. So, uh, all right. Anything? One he was about treasure. Fair, I know. Role playing is its own reward. There's a comment on here that I wanted to put up. Did I miss it? It was from Krantz. Hey, Krantz, by the way. I want to say hello to you. It's where he made that comment about Gygax himself. I might have missed it. <laughs> this wasn't it. <laughs> but uh, you said that he was a hypocrite because he... Uh, um, I can't find it. He, he basically said he's a, he was known to be a hypocrite. I think Gygax hated the players too. Maybe. Fair. Okay. Uh, gonna get through these kind of quickly here so we can go back to reading. Uh, I'm gonna go with moderation. Too much of any... Yes. Exactly. Yep. Um, my understanding is that he was calling out the people of my era. Now, at this point, I wasn't playing Dungeons and Dragons. Satanic Panic was alive and real, and I was going to Lutheran school. Actually, was I still in Lutheran school in 85, or was I in junior high? I forget. Uh, I would have been 12 years old, so I would have just transitioned over to junior high. So I'd have just ended uh, Lutheran school. So I wasn't playing Dungeons and Dragons. But it's that Dragonlance era stuff that kicked in. It's like, uh, oh, you're just a dirty campaigner. Oh my god, another Dragonlance player. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I liked. So. Uh, guy guy game designer man is words just advice i take it or leave it right exactly it is good to know what he was thinking though as he's making his games as it, it gives us better understanding what his ideas were but then you take it from there and just say i don't agree with those ideas my games work differently or i love his ideas i'm gonna go with it so uh all right uh, this just jumped here, and I'm not going to read everything because we got to get mo going. Uh, what's this uh, role playing? I want to be able to invest a piece of myself in the character. Uh, for me, I, I'm a little leery about what this is. I get what I, well. First of all, you can't not. Part of us is in every character we make, uh, but as long as it's not on the representation side, like, well, it's what I would do, and you know, okay, stop. But yeah, I mean, there's a piece of every one of us in our character, so I get that. I just want, I want to feel my character. I want to be my character as much as possible. D did he say that? Did he actually say that? I mean, he may have. I don't know. I don't know everything that Gary said. Uh... No, you don't want to be. You can be. And the nerds would love it. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay, I got you. All right, so, all right, let's get back to this. Let's get back to this here. Uh, oh, gotta move this over. I can read. What uh, we ended with problem solving. Problem solving is the typical challenge in a role playing game. Okay, I can get with that. 
Whether it's discovering a murderer, finding a magic sword, or seeking to expose a gang of criminals, the element is or this element is an integral part of such interactive gaming. And note that problem solving in this context has to do with a problem to be solved by the character, not a problem such as how do I roleplay the situation to be solved by the player, which is weird because I kind of see it as the opposite of that. Especially when you consider back before skills and non-weapon proficiencies and whatnot. You could play a, a fighter with an intelligence of four, but still run around having tactics galore. It was your tactics as the player that mattered. So I almost don't know if I agree with this. Not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying, uh, let's look at it like that. Nowadays, people are playing character sheets, which have much more to do with the character. And back then, it was more to do about, let's, let me think myself through this. And that was solved by the player. So maybe he has role-playing backward. I don't know. Let's read on. Let's find out. Combat, survival amidst threatening conditions, or stalking an opponent are typical means of adding excitement and suspense into the hole. Sure. These are action-oriented portions of the game activity, which call for little role-playing, but a fair amount of role assumption. Again, I don't. Uh, he's making a distinction where I don't think one needs to be made here. Then again, Maybe he's got, he'll have a great point with this later on. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I don't need this distinction because I see him as part of the same. Uh, the magic user character and thus the player of that character must know his or her spells and how to utilize them efficiently. <laughs> You're rolling in your grave now, buddy. God, how many times? Hold on. Let me look this up and see how this works. No. Uh, the explorer must know outdoor craft. Uh, the character does. I don't necessarily think that the player does. You know, uh, I don't think just because you have a survivalist background means that uh, you're the only one that can play the ranger. But the explorer must know oh, what, uh, whatever the situation, setting, or character being played, skill, not theatrics, is what is called for here. Or you could do both. You can walk and chew gum at the same time. Having a goal, understanding it, and remaining steadfast in its completion are likewise necessary to role-playing games. This questing, if you will, again, has little or nothing to do with role-playing in the acting sense, but it can. I, I get what he's saying, and I, I generally agree with him on this, but it can. It's closer to role assumption is a measure of gaming ability and skill. Okay, no, this is a bad sentence right here. I, you're ga to take this to your gaming ability. This is why war gamers and I don't necessarily get along in the hobby. The min-maxers that all they want... Or the people look over, you're casting the stupidest spell ever. You should be doing this other ones. No. No. This is where I disagree with him. I don't want you to memorize the game in terms of how to, how to tactically be the most sound, especially at first level. I want you to feel it out. I want you to play it organically. This is where the character side of it comes in. This doesn't mean be stupid. This doesn't mean, you know, be a detriment to your party. Oh, only first level, so I thought I could throw a fireball right on my feet. No, you'd be smarter than that knowing this. Okay, you wouldn't have fireball at first level, but you get what I'm saying. I, I, because you know, this is why we have homebrew rules. This is why, you know, there aren't rules for everything. So dungeon masters can make rulings, not rules. So you're not going to know everything in the gaming ability. Okay? So role-playing games are different from other games in that they allow participants to create a game persona. Agreed. Develop this character and enhance his or her skills and abilities. Agree with all that. Perfect. While some considerable amount of acting is most beneficial to play, this is by no means the sole objective or purpose. Again, I 
uh, he went from having one of the worst sentences ever to having absolutely, in my opinion, the best concept ever. Yes. The fun of such gaming includes all the other elements mentioned, mentioned, plus the interactive relationships which develop between the various characters of the players participating. Characters of the... Let, let me say that again. Plus the interactive, interactive relationships which develop between the various characters of the players participating. In the well-balanced game, role-playing should quickly become role assumption, which then again leads to to the characters role-playing roles within those roles. Great paragraph. Went from a horrible sentence to a great paragraph. Love it. Love it. Not every game of this sort must be completely balanced with regard to all these aspects. Such a decision is, de is entirely in the hands of the game master. Oh, that is correct. And the players. Eh. <laughs> if a particular group desires to stress acting or combat or problem solving or any other singular feature of the whole, that is strictly up to the individual's concern. Kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth again, buddy. Before you said stop it, now you're saying, hey, whatever. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not, again, not complaining about him. It's just, you know, seems kind of funny. Uh, how they enjoy gaming and what constitutes fun is theirs alone to decide. This is to the Broasaro assholes. This last point extends not only to players, but to products as well. A particular game might be designed to stress one aspect over others. Absolutely, and I think that some adventures intentionally should be that way. A particular game might be designed to stress one aspect. Uh, uh, Role-playing can be the major thrust, or, uh, or action in combat, or any of the other elements. See, I just think role-playing is mixed in with all of this. Similarly, the underlying game might offer one or the other while its accessories and scenarios develop some different aspects. And you should, you should, you should explore the gamut of gaming, not just one aspect of it. Most games and support material are generally, uh, are generally and offer a reasonably well-balanced mix. Oh, okay. Most, I get it. Most games and support material are general. You should have a comma here. You should have a comma here. And offer reasonably well-balanced mix. But is this true for competition situations as well? And I'm going to stop there and I'm going to read chat. I'm going to leave you on that cliffhanger. <laughs> All right, let's uh, scroll back here. Uh, do, do, do. <laughs> yeah, yes, Shadow and Sonny has magic shops in every corner. Lame. <laughs> he plays a more high fantasy setting. That's the thing. Uh oh I, I actually went through some of these already. Okay. Some of these it's not that I don't like your comments. I just want to keep uh, I'm just posting around here. You you guys are fine with the comments that you're making. Talking about a lot of sales and how modules, uh, you know, in terms of uh, why things were written. Wait, 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 what? D&D &D is not a war game. No. D&D &D is not a war game. It evolved from war gaming. It has war gaming roots, most definitely, which is why the game aspect is so important. And unless I missed a chat, I may have missed a chat that, uh, that we're talking about, but D&D is not a war game. It is a role-playing game. Hey, if you're not a nerd, you don't get to touch them. 
Uh, oh. Dang it, I hate it when it jumps like that. Yeah, I, I disagree with that as well, as I already stated. <laughs> well, yeah, people love power fantasies. That's why everybody plays 5e. <laughs> uh, you know I'm messing with you. Uh, let's go back to a lot of good comments on there about like the history of modules and, and so forth. And uh, yeah, so good stuff, guys. But let's get back to this here. All right. Is this true for competition situations as well? I'm going to go on and let me say no. In competition situations, you are playing to gamify the game. Because you're competing. Unless it's an acting competition, you're competing. So. In contrast uh, to a long period when such tournaments tended to feature hack and slash, shoot 'em up, blast 'em up situations, there's now a trend toward downplaying everything except the theatrical side of gaming. Okay, and, and I would I would actually agree with him in his sentiment. Sentiment, if this is a sentiment of like, come on, guys, there's a difference here. I fully agree that there's a difference, unless you're doing a Call of Cthulhu tournament, uh, you know, investigative type thing where where more of this kind of theatrical stuff comes in. Tournaments, most convention games. That you gotta gamify it back. Got four hours to get through what you're getting through. Let's start rolling those dice and figure out what it is. You know, your character has these skills and abilities. I'm not saying you can't role play, but it definitely leans heavier in that direction of ROL play. Right? So uh so if this is his frustration, I, I can understand. This tendency is evidence so evidenced itself to a lesser extent. Oh my god, to a lesser extent in some support materials. It must be noted. The reaction is not altogether unwarranted for many participants seem to have been ignorant, wait, ignoring role-playing completely or nearly so. Ah, okay, so let's say that again. This reaction is not altogether unwarranted for many participants seem to have been ignoring role-playing completely or nearly so in their games. Instead, it is usual for such games to stress direct, usually violent action. This is a true detriment to fully appreciating the scope of role-playing games as with most most things, one extreme is just as undesirable. Oh God, just as undesirable as the other. Yes, yes, I think actually Gary here gets it. Well, it sounds like he might be talking out of both sides of his mouth on some occasion here. Maybe I'm wrong in that one. Maybe he's not because he's kind of pointing out that both extremes are bad, and he feels that the pendulum started with the Dragonlance days started to swing towards the role playing a little too much. He wanted to just bring it back a little bit. With that, I think I'd be okay with. So. The current vogue of placing seemingly undue importance on the role-playing portion of the game is simply meant to inform and educate participants about a very important segment of what differentiates these games from other types of games, like war games. It is to be hoped, like, to be fair, Battletech, oh, so, uh, like, Battletech, I don't, I mean, I kind of role-play a little bit in Battletech, you know, just like uh, DM James will talk about talking shit, thank you very much, uh, to, to people, you know, and, and they're about the houses we pick and so forth. Of course, I'm a dirty capellan, blah, 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 right? But all told, we don't role play in our mechs. You know, it would be nice if the Karita players did follow the Bushido code. It would be nice if the, Mer uh, not the, the well, yeah, Merics would just go blow themselves up because that's what they deserve. Uh, the, the Capellans, you know, we're sneaky bastards. But the point is, is like, that's a war game. You're there to take giant stompy robots and blow up other st giant stompy robots. You're not really there to role play. Um, this is a role-playing game. So you need that aspect of it. 
And you should have that aspect of it. And if you're not utilizing that aspect of it, I would agree with Gary. Are you playing it wrong? I won't say you're playing it wrong. In my head, I'll say you're playing it wrong, but I won't openly say you're playing it wrong. But what I will say openly is that you're not playing it to its fullest. Just like I tell Shauner, he's not playing his games to the fullest because he removes a lot of the game aspects. Sure, he rolls dice for combat, so forth. But but I'm saying he, I, it works for him. But I I think he is missing the gamify aspect aspect of it. He likes to compare things to cinematic movies. He wants like how long does it take for combat in a movie? But I'm not playing a movie. I'm playing a game. So there's that balance. And for every table, it's a little different. So I get that. Um, Let's see. It is to be hoped that the needed training thus afforded will be uh, will enable game participants to go beyond role playing of their characters and enter into role assumption instead. Again, I think those terms are I don't think they're necessary, but whatever. Once it's understood that role playing is a vital ingredient to the game and players understand how to actually accomplish it, the undue attention can be discarded. Agreed. Agreed. Balanced games are certainly the most enjoyable sort for the great majority of players. A meal does not consist uh, of but one thing if it is to be an enjoyable one. By the same token, a role-playing game must have all the ingredients which allow it to be varied and enjoyable. Playing an assumption of roles, interpersonal dealings, action, problem-solving, excitement, suspense, and questing are all important to make the whole. The portions can be mixed in different amounts, but each should have a degree of existence within the scope of the whole. Okay, Gary, you're winning me over, Gary. You're winning me over. You really are winning me over. Uh, on this um let's see what chat's saying uh, okay uh actually not a lot of chat everybody wants to be the yeah yeah well yeah <laughs> i hate john my games um but even outside of that yeah everybody wants to be the gray hero the oh woe is me yeah yeah uh <laughs> elves are hippies elves are trees cut them off at the knees plant them <laughs> uh yeah yeah here you go great great comment great comment yeah competition play is a different animal if you rp it has to be more subtle yeah yeah because you're usually on time limits and, and you're supposed to worry more about what's in the character again your table may vary though you know but yeah, I'd say competition play. I don't do tournament play stuff for. I mean, I did do RPGA stuff, but I did a lot of role playing when I did RPGA as well, and I was people liked it when I did. But I think the issue is people grew up with superheroes, whereas I grew up with King Arthur, Jason, the Argonauts, and and Theseus. Players want uh, the heroes they grew up with. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think part of the problem is is all those things had the hero's journey, and those heroes had a, a, a failing of some sort. That had to be over, had to be accomplished. You know, had to, had, you might be good, you might be strong, you might be the greatest, but you have this foible, you have this MacGuffin, you have, you have something that you must accomplish to truly find yourself. Now it's like, my backstory is 30 pages, and I'm level one, but I've already assassinated two kings, and I've got a gob, uh, I'm sorry, I've got a, a, a gnomish harem, and no. No, you're a nobody. You're a farmer in overalls because you couldn't even afford a shirt. And you have a pitchfork. That is your character. Become a hero or die trying. Or just retire. 
Make a few gold, have the most money you've ever had in your life, blow it on a couple hookers, invest in a bad place, and live under a bridge. Right? Dirty capellans? <laughs> Just so you know, Max, Gagax was looking into a mirror when he was writing this and smirking to himself. Like, like I, I just want everybody to know, I do not hate Gary Gygax. I do not love Gary Gygax. I respect him for making the game. I want to play his game in the spirit intended to some degree, but I also believe in evolution. I believe in the evolution of the game, evolution of the hobby. Anybody who sits there and says there's only one right way to play is wrong. I believe in the spirit of the rules over the letter of the rules. This is why I fight more about playing, uh, you know, Drow is evil than I do about the mechanics of a plus one or a plus two. Because I believe the spirit is what gives the game the soul. Okay, it's kind of saying the same thing. It gives it the feel. gives you the, the enjoyment of it. Adds to that role-playing of both sorts flavor. I don't care if you get, do... I do plus four from behind. I plus two, uh, do plus two from behind. I don't care. Just tell me what the rule is and I'll roll the die. Dirty compellants. Dirty compellants. We're sophisticated culture. Uh... <laughs> not saturday yet no 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 you're right you're right and i knew what you meant by that but yeah <laughs> round elves watch yourself uh no miss heron is harem is based right could also be girl Yes, GMs don't say no enough. Now, that doesn't mean... Uh, no comes in a couple of forms. There's a bad form and there's a good form. No to I don't have... You cannot be a good drow because there's literally no such thing is a good game master. Saying no, like, hey, I want to try to swing from the chandelier and kick him in the face. No, you can't do that. No, you should always be able to try something. Oh, love this. <laughs> this is my setting. There are many like it, but this one is mine. I don't care about your backstory if it does not fit within my setting. <laughs> uh, hey never mind not gonna say it not gonna say it not gonna say it not gonna say it all right let's finish this up because we don't have too much more to go in this and then uh segment three Okay, it's common for scenarios to identify the level of experience and skill recommended for those utilizing the material they provide. Perhaps it'd be worthwhile to also identify any particular stress... Ooh, this is a good comment. Perhaps it'd be worthwhile to also identify any particular stress the scenario places upon a certain aspect of the game. Role-playing, action, problem-solving... I, I don't think I would do problem-solving, because I think I agree with him what he was saying at the beginning of it, that everything is kind of problem-solving, but puzzles. I hate running puzzles, and I hate being a player in a game that has puzzles. Because that is a gotcha moment, usually, of a dungeon match, like, ha, 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 I'm smarter than my players. Or you watched a movie, or you don't realize this, but you've got people in the group who've read the same books and watched the same movies as you, and they solve it too quickly and you get pissed. You know? Um, so anyway, that, that's... Yeah, that's my take. I don't, I don't like puzzles, like direct puzzles in the game. Problem solving is a good thing. Uh, tournament scenarios and competitions might also benefit by such identification. Prospective entrants would then be able to determine which aspect they favor or possibly need to learn more of before they entered the event. Yeah. 
Participants who find their enjoyment lies in one area or another would thus be able to select events optimal for their tastes and avoid those which they might find less fun. You can tell this is written in an era where you didn't have 54,000 people going to Gen Con, right? So this is when nerds were still nerds. Participants who find... Uh, da, 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 so where is it? Uh, making comp, uh, competition experience more enjoyable for everyone who does take part. Is the player who has difficulty personifying a well-understood character any different from an excellent thespian who misplays the game otherwise? Oh, God. And yes, this is a true thing. Just because you're a thespian doesn't mean you're playing correctly. I talk to any bard who seduces a dragon or any orc bard ever. By being able to identify, or any drow player character ever, by being able to identify the focus of a scenario, not only would players be informed, but they would also be given the opportunity to round out their abilities in weak areas if they chose to do so. Play of the game is a thing. Play of the game is the thing. There we go. Play includes development of the character and the personification thereof. So role-playing ROLE, role assumption, and role-playing, and the rest. Because uh, personifying a character is role-playing. After all, fantasy in whatever form is integral. Whether fighting a dragon, piloting a starship, or shooting it out with evil enemy agents, the action imagined during the game is what really makes it fun. Well, yes, but role-playing makes it fun also. It's not just the action, especially when you have a bad dungeon master who doesn't know how to describe action well. They're the ones like, okay, you hit them. Or they're the ones that take five minutes to describe a simple sword swing. There's a balance in there, Game Masters. There's a balance in there. You can make it exciting or let the player make it exciting. Oh, you hit. What'd you do? Oh, you hit. How'd you do it? You know, something. All right, what'd you get any die? You know, you hit. Just explain it to me. Give, give me how awesome that was. The pendulum did need to move a bit to balance things. But it must not go too far, or the realms of role-playing will become small and constricted instead of being, as they should be, a broad, as broad and varied as the imagination. Worst sentence ever. Worst, even worse than the one he said before. This is what brought around 5th edition. All things are possible in one's imagination. That's a bad thing. And I mean that. It's a bad thing all things are possible in one's imagination because our imaginations are nearly infinite what matters is what's probable and what's plausible that is what's important we don't want to be constricted to one style of play you don't want to be constricted to one realm of thought but you need a box you need that sandbox you need those lines on your color book and you need to stay within those within that box use that imagination do what's plausible do what's uh, game master is more for the game master for what's probable for the players. It's more about what's plausible. Give them a little more to, to, to go with, but not about what's possible. Well, it's possible to have a starship uh, is a starship enterprise in my Dunstan's Dragons game. That's stupid. That's outside. Do you call it outside the lines? Bring that shit back in. Okay. All right. We're going to stop sharing because uh, this stuff here doesn't seem like it has anything to do with uh, the rest of the story. So you stop sharing that. F11 this so I can get things back on screen over here. There we go. Let's, uh, let's go back here. And then we'll jump into segment three. Uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with hookers. Oh, my God. 
My hero, when I was a little girl, Sigourney Weaver and Aliens, because it proved you could be sweatily or sweaty dressed, yes, in nothing but panties and a tank, and still be total badass. You know, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even realize. Somebody told me this, like it was like 10 years ago. I'd watch that movie a lot. I actually saw that movie in a theater when I was like six years old. Yes, I did have a couple of nightmares. I never even remembered that. And I'd watched it a few times of that scene. But I actually, I absolutely love Sigourney Weaver uh, in that movie, particularly in that movie. And I didn't even remember that until like, I don't know, somewhere in like 2010, 2000, where was I? I think it was in Illinois. So 2008 or whatever, when somebody's like, ah, panty shot. I'm like, there's no panty shot in that. <laughs> I watched it like, oh crap, how did I not know that over the years? But it's because of what you said. Because she was a badass. I like I like the first alien much better. No, that's not true. I like both the first and the second alien, but for different reasons. I really do like that first one. Yep. Um, so yeah, and then when people say, "Oh, there are never no strong women ever," now to be fair, it's hard to point at a lot of them. But you got Princess Leia, you got you got uh, uh, Sigourney Weaver, um, Ripley. You've, uh, look, they're they're out there, and this is a great example. There should be more Sigourney Weavers. No measuring contest. Uh, yep. I've said it before, I'll say it again. This is my world. You just live in it. Yep. Now, you can affect it, but that's part of you living in it. Right? At least that's the way I see it. <laughs> Bruce is just going crazy on the, on the gnome stuff. Stop it! <laughs> oh, Bruce. Okay, that, oh. you know, I can't put that on, on the screen. That is funny. Somebody out there is like, what's he talking about? I can't help it. Bruce, I think is drunk again and it's hilarious. And if he's not drunk, well, it's still hilarious. Uh, just because it's thespian doesn't mean you can act way out of a wet paper bag or that you're acting appropriately. You, you could be putting too much into it, too much into the character. You're outside the scope of what's going on here. You're thinking more about me, 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 and not about group and not about the setting. Remember, I don't agree with the back of the Dungeon Master's Guide where it says game first, uh, was it game first, campaign second, players third. It's setting first because the setting is, is basically the game. It's based on a core set of rules. And I always point to the same one. Dragonlance Adventures doesn't use paladins. It has the knights, three orders of knights. Doesn't follow wizards in the traditional sense. Wizards are more like clerics than like wizards. It has different races. It pulled out halflings, but it has kender. Setting first. The, the, yeah, I wouldn't say that. It's just setting first, player second. That's just the way I see it. Settings first, setting first. And as a player, I believe that. Setting first, player second. Oh, God, this jumped again. Stop jumping. Uh... I left Discord a while, couldn't get shit done. Yeah. I, it's, I, you know, I'm, I belong to a bunch of Discords. I really only look at mine, and it's not to be a dick, but it's because of the time involved. Okay, that was creepy. Um, there was a comment I saw on here. I didn't like Predator too much. I really didn't. But I understand its appeal. There's a, a very recent Predator movie that kind of came out. It wasn't too bad. It was just an hour and a half action flick is really all it was. 
Okay, what is this? If the action of the PCs can't change the politics, culture, and society, then you then you aren't role, uh, in a role playing world. Um, yeah, but I just don't say that first level characters can necessarily do that. They have to they have to earn it. But yes, absolutely. Especially when you start the domain play, absolutely. All right, Shadow and Sun says, "Gotta run and check out the cigar DM." And Shadow and Sun, when you guys, uh, when you guys get a CB, I don't know what CB is. Uh, after this, I, I I can't. I'd like to just transfer people over there, but I can't. Um, I don't think he has enough subscribers or something yet. I'll try to start teaching people how to do that. All right, da, 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 da. okay, that's um, that's pretty much all I want to put up that in. Wow. <laughs> take that back then i have to take it back too because i kind of kind of agree <laughs> uh, all right um okay let's uh let's bring this back oh no 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 hold on not done with segment two yet still something to talk about there's our stream schedule remember we're starting that members only thing Last Friday of every month, so if you're not a member yet, go ahead and become a member. And you, and, and when I say it's AMA, without giving, you know, with, with the exception of, uh, you know, like giving away our social security numbers or something like that, we'll do an AMA. Might even drink on it. That'll be great. Right before the Friday chill stream, I'll, a stream I'll already be drunk. Find us at these fine websites. Join our Discord. Talk to us on our Discord. Buy our merch on Redbubble. Got 29 designs. I only show five of them below. Got some there family friendly, some that you might want to not let your kids wear to school. But hey, we got a little bit of everything on there for everybody. And of course, remember when you are playing these games, hashtag RPGate. Escapism, not representation. If you're doing representation, you're role playing too far. And Gary Gygax just told you that. <laughs> uh, it's entertainment over activism. Nobody needs your real life nonsense in here. We're playing games, setting first. And natural inclusion, not forced diversity. Play with the people who want to play that can handle the uh, first two above. All right, with that, let's uh, let's bounce on into segment three. You guys know the rule for segment three. Copy that clipboard and put the link out there. Follow subscriber, pithy or one topic or anecdote. Watch the language. Don't go there. If I get me kicked off uh, off of here, hey, that's me. If you get me kicked off uh, off of here, I won't have any income and I'll have to uh, drive to your house and uh, burn it down. Uh. No, that's actually why we say uh, so. It's follower on on Twitch. You just have to you just have to click the button. It's, you don't have to be paying. A follower on Twitch and a subscriber on YouTube. Really, we don't even pay attention anymore. We did that at first. Uh, okay. Yes, right. Activism is the opposite of role playing. Did I put the link. I didn't put the link out. What the hell. Here's the link. Join me. I'd like to say join us, but heathen dog abandoned me. It's with his family. Take a couple of call-ins. Remember, we treat this like a radio talk show call-in. And uh, if you want to join, go ahead and do so. And when this is done, we'll end the stream. And Bruce, are you streaming today? Are you streaming after my stream today, Bruce? All right. 
Oh, we have Omen Owl. How are you doing today, sir? Wow, you're fast. No, <laughs> oh, I, I'm fine. I, you know, for me, for role playing, you know, talking about all of that, some people want all the statistics on their their sheet, but they still have an imagination of what mm -hmm. they want there. And so I want to do it. I understand not everyone's comfortable doing different voices and stuff. And I know everyone's right. like, don't play yourself. I'm okay if you play yourself, but play yourself in the world that you're in right now and what you would logically do. That's you know, I, I'm going to stop you there because yeah. that's such a great point. When I joined Heathen Dog's Mage game, and I know a lot of people have thoughts about Heathen Dog because of the whole agency thing. I've been in a couple of his games. They're not as bad as you think they are. Although looking back at it now, I'm kind of like, no. Um, but that's what he said because I didn't like Vampire. I played Vampire and I didn't know anything about Mage at that time. And he just said, look, if you were given basically the power of a god, but had this side effect to it, the whole paradox thing, what would you do? And he's like, I don't like playing me. So it's not about playing you. Think about what you would do in that situation as this character. If you had this kind of power. And man, that stuck with me ever since. So yeah, if you want to play you, just do it, you know, just do it in the within that setting, within that framework. Yeah, I mean, if I'm suddenly thrown over, and, and I remember doing this in a Ravenloft game. Monster comes out of a hole, and I went, "We're running." And the DM's like, "What?" I said, "That's exactly the, the whole point." I said, "We're we're small little halflings. We're running from it. We're not going to fight an ogre." And, and I think that's part of the problem. And then as you become more experienced and more self assured and aware, and 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 what, and I know everyone likes this, but I mean safe because if you don't feel comfortable, you're not going to branch out. But if you feel more safe in your environment, then you can go play these other weird. I'll, I'll, I'll stop you at comfortable. Yeah. I, I really don't like that safe word when it comes I, to I, a game. But I, but the comfortable thing, I fully agree with, and that's why I always try to nurture uh, new players because yeah. I get they're not comfortable, and they might think that some of the things we're doing are weird. But when they start seeing that they get experience points for it, when they start seeing that I worry more about trying than about end result. I think that encourages them more. I'm not saying I'm great. I'm just saying like that, you know, I, I absolutely understand that comfort side of it. And, it. and then the last part of it is, and this is what I think everyone's complaining about. It's not all about you. Don't take forever on the, the one thing. If it's moving the story along, if you're doing some humor, something like that, that's fine. But I, I don't want it where I tell the players, okay, this is going on. Um, let's move on. And they still want to keep up with it. <laughs> like, I can't put any more hints down than saying, you've already explored this as much as you can. Time to move on. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's part of also just being socially aware yeah. with people around you is, hey, if you could, you need to look at the other players around you and say, okay, it was fun for the first five minutes. Let's move on. Let's not get into your 30 minute monologue spiel. Um, now, if all the players are enjoying it, and sit back and let them enjoy it. But I, I think that's really when everyone talks about it. And the same thing with, you know, like the role playing is not everything's about stats and don't get mad because the guy with a with a 12 strength is out doing your fighter with a, you know, that has maxed out stats. It's because one's thinking and you're not. And I think that's where it comes into it. I, anyway, think that, I, I think that's what Gary was trying to say to some degree as well. Now, you know, like Krantz was saying, yeah, you might be looking in a mirror with that one. And, and I and I get that because, you know, even I felt that there was some talking out of both sides of his mouth at the time. But I think ultimately what he's trying to say is just don't be extreme on either side and have fun. And make sure the people around you have fun. That's the problem that I'm finding too much is, and then whatever, supposedly he said, you know, it's a group cooperative experience. It actually is. Look around you. If your DM's getting bored, your pl other players are getting bored, 
You need to learn, disconnect and say, okay, uh, it's time for me to remove myself from this limelight and let someone else. And I've seen some game systems where they actually give you XP for making someone else in the limelight. And I, I like that as well. All right. Well, thank you very much for popping in here, Omanel, as always. And I hope you have a great Memorial weekend. You too. Bye. All right. Uh, I'm going to do two things here. First of all, uh, after this stream, watch the cigar. I can't type. DM. Don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. But uh, you can watch Cigar DM there once this is over. And uh, check him out. And uh, let's give him some love over there as he's got Shadow and Sun and whoever else on there. And they're going to be talking about review on Dresden file Stormfront. Except for he spelled front wrong and he might want to actually go in and edit that. Stormfront. <laughs> um, all right. And again, if you guys want to join, I'm going to put that. Uh, nobody else has popped in. So uh, I will put this out there one more time. This is the last call for alcohol. I'm not serving alcohol. Um, this is the link to click on if you want to join me here. And uh, otherwise, we're going to end the show. Getting these shows down to about three hours recently, so not bad. Uh-oh, got a boop. Admiral Saberwolf, I am here with royalty, sir. <laughs> okay. What can I do for you? Oh, nothing. Uh, person called Shadzar provided me the link to come and, uh, I don't know, make fun of people. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, well, we're in segment three, so uh, what we do in segment three, I don't know if you saw beginnings, uh, segment one, segment two, but segment one was about uh, Palladium, what, what were we talking about? Robots, uh, Palladium Heroes Unlimited Robots, and segment two was about oh. um, uh, uh, Gary Gygax talking about role-playing versus role-playing, role assumptions, so on and so forth in a Dragon Magazine article. Okay. So uh, if you saw those, okay. great, uh, then we can talk about them. If not, uh, but I do this like a, uh, for this stream, I do this like a radio call-in show. So right. those are the two topics we can talk about. Okay, uh, well, the only Palladium game I remember was uh, Robotech. Huge that Robotech. Was, that was a long time ago. That that one I enjoyed. I'm not too familiar with the other Palladium ones. Uh, so I did Robotech uh, because of the Satanic Panic. I wasn't allowed to play D&D. <laughs> I went to Lutheran <laughs> school. Um, yeah. I had played it, but that's why second edition is my favorite version, although I'm slowly being converted over to Rules Cyclopedia. Um, I think it's just much cleaner. But anyway, yeah. The, um, but we, yeah, what was I going to say? I forgot what I said. Oh, yeah. It's, and the other one was TMNT. My, the, so the two games that are out of print by... <laughs> By oh, Palladium teenage, of the two. Oh, teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that takes me back. Good lord. <laughs> so I have got to get somebody else in here, but do you, you have right, well, have this? Well, actually, because I, I know kind of who you are. Um I'm sure you have thoughts about role playing R O L E versus R O L L playing. Yeah. Uh so go um, ahead, just give me an anecdote here that you'd want that you'd want to bring up with that context. Oh man. Um well, I was never really a big fan of, like, say, the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the second edition, and all that. I, I played the uh, the basic set because I had I got the the basic red box set, which was like levels what one through three. Then what was it? The expert set went from what four to fifteen, um, something like that. It's like four to thirteen, four to fifteen, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, the companion then went from what sixteen to twenty five, and the masters was twenty six to thirty two, and then finally the immortals. <laughs> that was the set that I played with. And somebody once commented in uh, some other video that uh, they never met somebody that didn't change the rules. And I'm like, I never made house rules for mine. I played it as written and I never had a problem with it. 
And you know what? If that works for you, that's that's great. I, I made house rules, not too many of them, but I made house rules constantly uh, simply because... I played with people that uh, would do more of an, I wouldn't say manipulate the rules, but they're trying to find ways to just stack this and stack that. And a lot of times I found that the game didn't actually have enough rules. Like, how do I figure out you're swinging? I, I like to use it just as an example because everybody can yeah. picture it. You're sliding down a banister. You're trying to hop from it, swing on a chandelier and hit somebody with a sword. Well, there's no rule for that. So <laughs> all right, so yeah. what we're going to do here, and, and I would just pop in like, you know, I didn't change too many rules. Like, I think the biggest one that most people here know about is I removed true seeing from my games. I despise mm. true seeing as a spell. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean... Whether you play it rules as written or you make tweaks. This is why I like settings. I, God, I wish we'd go back to the old days of talking about settings. Why well, I hate homogenized Watsy first edition, as Bruce likes to call it, in third edition, because it's it, it's just too homogenized. It's everything's baked right. in. Everybody thinks, well, that's how you have to do it now. Everything's acceptable. And dungeon masters don't say no. Back in the basic set, you were a dwarf. Yeah. Well, I want to I, I, you're a dwarf. I'm dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I also played the uh I like the, um, the the Star Trek one by FASA. Uh, that's oh. that was basically D one hundred percent. I have I, a whole like story it. of that. I, I I still have the entire set. I still have a bunch of the Starship miniatures too. Are you the one that owns my set now? <laughs> I I got rid of my and this will be the last thing we talk about. Then I'll get to the next person. But uh, I got rid of uh, stupidly got rid of my entire FASA Star Trek set. Well, one, to be a, uh, so let me backtrack, tell you why I got rid of it. I got rid of it because I didn't like the way the modules were written up. Gameplay I liked, but I didn't mm. like the modules because they're way too linear for me. Yeah. And if anybody went off track, I was not good enough at that age to, to, to deal with it. Yeah. Most of mine was with the uh, Starship Combat. That was the part of it that I enjoyed. Star Trek the most. Three Combat Simulator, baby. Yes, that that was where I had my most fun. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my and, god! And yes, like I I'm said, not... I, I still I still have a bunch of the little pewter miniatures too. I I, got, I, 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 I keep it. I I don't keep them like super clean like a lot of people put their miniatures. I, they're like in a plastic bag right now, kind of piled on top of each other. You're uh, talking to a very anti minis guy here. So I have eight <laughs> BattleTech miniatures, and my game since 1984, when it's Battle Droids, has been BattleTech. Um, yeah. And I have eight miniatures my entire life. Like it's not that I'm anti them. People think right. I am, but I just don't. I don't use them. We played with pennies, lint, oh. uh, papers with arrows <laughs> pointing at the front of it. You know, whatever, whatever we could find. I was poor man growing up. You know, yeah. so, But uh, but as far as the Star Trek thing goes, I, I yeah. The, so I said the module. But what I did, I never thought I was going to play again. Mm-hmm. So I got rid of my Star Trek stuff for a first oh. edition Shadowrun book, hardcover. Oh God, I guess yeah, how many I... times I've used that hardcover book? Oh several yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah i still have uh i still have the paper books and i also have it in um uh pdf format as well nice so I, last I, thing I, I have everything before i let you go here um by the way jump in on the friday night chill stream because then then we can just add you to the mix and you and you can stay longer um but uh the uh the one comment that i love from the role-playing game the star trek role-playing game that sticks up in here to this day is if Klingons are barbaric, Romulans are satanic. <laughs> and that always stuck in my head. Because I, I like Romulans. And so the yeah. whole new Star Trek where they get rid of them, um, yeah. that has always just stuck in my noodle. I'm like, I love it. And I also like the history of why the hybrid... I, I got to stop talking about this. I got people waiting. But uh, uh, we should talk about <laughs> okay. that sometime. I'm not deep in the Star Trek thing, but it had some things and I did play it. But uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I liked it because of the of the whole percentage thing. It yep. to me the percentage system works better than one d six or one d ten or something like that. A percentage gives you a wider range of numbers mm -hmm. to go from, and you actually because there's play no positions. Yeah, and because there's no half numbers or quarter numbers on a d six. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So so the percentage works better, in, in my opinion, anyway. <laughs> All, All right, right, sir. You have a great day. Have a happy Memorial weekend, and uh, talk later. Thank you. Bye. All right, let's get Bruce in. Bruce is next. All right, Bruce, what do you got going on? <laughs> For those of you that missed it, go back to the Friday Night Chill stream. I think it's like hour number I never five. heard it. Even on the playthrough, I didn't hear it. But then again, I didn't sit there and listen to all like eight or six hours of it. I didn't okay. hear it. They told okay. me you were snoring, and that says I click. <laughs> Gone. Uh, but I, I, which is good because that's one of the triggering things for me for the, uh, uh, for the misophonia stuff. But... <laughs> Now, but uh, so what you what you got? Oh uh, no, I was just listening to uh what was going on here and I was kind of enjoying myself just listening to you uh, talk about I don't really enjoy palladium. But mm -hmm. palladium uh, I think I think there's a lot of aspects where they took ideas and they were using the same die mechanics and they were on a, a good path for especially the combat where you have to do the compare and contrast. I rolled mm -hmm. this to dodge. I rolled that to hit. I'm using this type of weapon. I'm specialized, blah, 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 blah. But I would love to hear you and Heathen Dog actually start getting into crafting a hand-to-hand -hand or a fighting style for Palladium. Because you guys have a lot of criticisms for how Palladium handles they're fighting styles, okay? And I would love to actually it's, it's hear... More, so for that, that's actually more of an easy one. We both play by the rules of the system. So here, here are the two things that come up. It's on two sides of the fence. And in case I forget to mention it, the second one I'll talk about is the ninjas and super spies problem. In case I'm like, I forgot what the second one was, okay? Um, the, the first side of it is just you have to have everything written down. It's really more the character sheet that's the problem, not the combat system. Because you have to pay attention to... Is it an aim shot? Is it a wild shot? Is it a burst shot? Am I running while making a shot? Uh, is it over 60 yards? Is it under 60 yards? You have to, and that stuff's not on the character sheet. As you level up your character, what what rank or, or what level is your weapon proficiency at? Because your hand-to-hand -hand skill doesn't relate to your weapon proficiency skill. So are you taking one of those weapon proficiencies that you get at two, five, eight, you know, whatever, or are you getting at the one, three, six, seven, nine, you know, cause it's always some weird number and you have to have that stuff on your character sheet. I'm laying down prone and taking an aim shot versus I'm standing up, taking an aim shot versus I'm throwing it this far. You, know, you see what I'm saying? Like all these things add in and you have to, you have to know that, and it can slow down the game. So it's really more of a character sheet issue uh, than um, than the combat system itself. So on the uh, so you go ahead. Ahead. oh no, it's, uh, it's uh, your time, man. What's up? Well, no. The, the other thing I was going to tell you about: say you're tumbling down a stairwell, then sliding onto the banister. I would need you for for just for shits and grins for my favorite game system, P, uh, PF One E. Mm -hmm. I need you to roll an acrobatics check minus any armor check penalties and, and weight penalties you might have because you might not be used to tumbling. You might not be good at tumbling. So you're going to need to have at least an acrobat check of 23 to tumble properly down the stairs where you can spring up and then slide 
to the banister and then roll that on the way down and then do your attack roll at the end. So you have to do two acrobatics checks, a 23, then an 18. If you fail on those, you're going to take a point of damage for every foot you tumble down the stairs. And then at the very end, you have to make a aggravated attack roll, which means you're getting a plus two for momentum, but you're taking a negative six because you usually aren't sliding down a banister and trying what? to make a melee. Doing attack. that all the time. <laughs> I I know, right? Yeah, they take take yeah, that they you know that, that right off a bridge. So, so I need you to do that. Would be a quick ruling on how you would handle that, okay. and that's only because I've had twenty years in the game engine. Yeah. So there you go. Now, go now on the play the palladium side of that would be, um, I would probably say that takes two actions. Yeah, of your four, five, six that you have in the round takes two actions. Um, there is a tumbling roll if you have gymnastics or acrobatics, whichever one. If you don't have tumbling, if you don't have gymnastics, I would probably have you just roll. I would either do one of two things. It depends if I want if I'm if I'm trying to minutiae this or if I just want to get it going. If I just want to get it going, I'd be like, okay, you can roll, but this is going to be considered the same as a, as a called shot. You need a twelve or higher to hit roll. You know, I might do that. If I really needed to see if you were injured or whatever at the end of that, say, okay, roll your tumbling. Oh, you don't have tumbling? All right, well, then take your PP, and you have to roll uh, that times, was it two, I think it is, uh, yeah. under that as a skill, effective skill check to see if you can make the attack. And then uh, once you make the attack, you do your thing, whatever. Um, you know, it's just, like I said, it just depends on how I, uh, how I was visualizing it at that point and how dastardly the actual player was being. You know, no, I should be able to blah, blah, blah. Okay, dude, now I'm going to make you roll 75 times ah, you know yeah, I, I would just do the two uh difficult acrobatics checks maybe if it was a higher level game okay the acrobatics check is 27 or 32 for the first check and then an acrobatics check of like a 22 to slide gently down the banister at a fast rate and then trying to make an attack at a negative six which comes out to a negative yeah. four because you're plus two for charging Krantz says it sounds very punitive the thing is Krantz if you hit somebody with that I do give a reward for you will get your die roll, your any strength bonuses, and you will get that doubled or tripled if you're using a spear. I'll be that polite to you. And, and also, I think it depends on the situation. I mean, if you could just stand up and poke somebody, you'd be already doing that, you know? So yes. having a penalty for you know acting weird like that, I think makes sense. But then again, when you do it, you're ultra heroic, right? Okay. Heroes end up dead. And normal people <laughs> live to retirement or beyond. I just want to say that. Since I have somebody waiting, let me answer the second half of that question real quickly um, for the Palladium thing. Is the uh, uh, So the other part comes with like what I say about Ninja Super Spies. You can have 100 forms of martial arts in there, but all each one is doing is helping you determine if you're playing a character for the first five levels, the first eight levels, the first 13 levels are all the way up. Because you're just looking, you're, if you don't know the campaign is only going to last a short time, you're just trying to find the martial arts with everything front-loaded. If you're yeah. playing over the long term, you might not care. It doesn't really matter because by the time you get to the end, you're going to have, what, a plus four or plus five to hit, a plus seven, plus six to dodge, uh, you know, a plus one, one or plus... 20. Yeah, you get, you're gonna you're gonna get basically the same stuff. Yes, there are some some minor differences, but you can, so it doesn't matter to me. Like, yes, basic is worse than expert, which is worse than um, uh, martial arts. 
but you have to spay the spend the skill selections for it. Outside of that, none of the other stuff really matters to me because you're all going to have a bonus to hit. You're all going to have a bonus to dodge. <laughs> you know, so I, I just don't see that having all those types or or making a new type is important. It's right there. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, I, I I agree. Go ahead and kick me on out, and I appreciate everybody for uh, for showing up yesterday's game and for allowing me to to have a fun time on Friday. Yep, you have a great uh, happy Memorial Weekend, sir. I'm going to be doing a, a stream on Monday afternoon for Paint and Jill. Awesome. All right. So we'll, we'll shout that out. Have a good one. And we got Nerdy Ogre. How you doing, Nerdy Ogre? Hey, how's it going? Oh, wow. I'm doing <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, whole role-playing versus role-playing it's it's all part and parcel. It's not one of the um, it's not one or the other because you can't take one out and still have a game. I mean, I, I've made this argument for any game, even a board game, even Monopoly. There's still a element of R O L E playing involved in it. You're 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 you know you're basically a tycoon trying to trying to monopolize <laughs> the whole city block or whatever. You know it. Right. it it's just a matter of the how much of it is in there. Sure, I mean, I can I can see that. I know some people are like, no, no, I don't role play anything. I just roll dice, move pieces around. That's fine. But you know what? At some point in there, when you're like, okay, you want to make a deal, <laughs> you know? I mean, the, you know, if you play with that, because those are technically optional rules, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, no, well, I, I, mean, I, I agree with you. I'm just kind of standing out there playing devil's advocate for a moment for the people yeah. that I've heard say now. <laughs> Well, I mean, even people who are just in it for the for the combat, you know, they're they're still they're they are, and I make this argument: you're still role playing. You are, you you are playing a persona that is not you. Mm-hmm. You can't lift a bus over your head and throw it at the alien invaders. You sure? First of all, there's no alien invaders. <laughs> Second of you all, you're that. not going to lift the bus. Well, okay, that that that, but but saying that might take the show into a political. <laughs> fair, fair. No, uh, no, I, I agree with you, and I, and I think that distinction that 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 Gary Gygax was making with role assumption as role playing is wholly unnecessary. But if he was doing it to make the point to kind of show the two different aspects of that article, and no, that's not the only place he wrote it in his role playing mastery book that I've got. He talks about that as well. I just don't agree with him. Honestly, I don't. I, I don't. I don't agree that it's even needed. It's like the people. I, you might have heard me say this in the past. It's like the purple because I like I like metal music, but I like a very niche portion of metal music. And like, well, that's not actually prog rock. That's that's classical symphonic prog rock. And this is. It's like I don't care. It's fucking metal. Deal with it. You know, <laughs> like 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 when you start when you start cutting that the slices down so much. It's like I just don't care. Roll assumption, role playing, whatever, dude. You know, I'm role playing. You know. Uh, yeah, well, uh, whenever it comes to music and, and poetry, I say there's always two interpretations. There's the interpretation that the writer uh, wrote, and then there's the interpretation that the listener puts in. Right, right. And, and it's like, uh, I can't think of his name, the guy who wrote uh, 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 Sister Christian. is like he wrote that song for his little sister. But everybody says that it's 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 for it's for uh, something else that there that he actually the guy who wrote the song actually got into an argument as to what he intended when he oh, wrote it. Writes the song. 
you know so i mean yeah and it's the same it's the same thing with with role playing games once once you create a game and put it out there it is now in the hands of the fans the 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 right. people who play and yep, so, and, and you know, I, I rail on things all the time. Anybody who's watched the show knows I I have opinions, and I I rail on stuff constantly about. But one of the things that I've been taking to saying more because I think it explains my position better is I don't care how you play at your table, but I do believe in the spirit of the law over the letter of law. So when we had Admiral Saberwolf on here uh, a little bit ago, and he says that he plays rules raw. Nothing wrong with that. Play that at your table. If it works for you, and you can make it happen. How much easier is that? Because you just reference the book and go, right? Right, <laughs> but, right. But not everybody's going to do that. And if you want to change a modifier somewhere to say, like, I give a plus two instead of a plus four, or Bruce, Bruce's example, Kranz Zero said that was punitive. He says this is why he does it. That's fine. <clears throat> he does what he does. You know, uh, I gave two different options for Palladium. I don't care about the mechanics so much because to me, I'm not playing a war game. I'm playing a game. Uh, I, I'm playing a, a role-playing game. But on the other side of that, I'm very, very heavy-handed about staying true to the setting, staying true to the lore. Drow are evil. Orcs are monsters. Uh, in, in using that same thing we talked about a moment ago, rule encyclopedia, a dwarf is a dwarf is a dwarf. That doesn't mean those two dwarves are cookie cutters stamped out. It means they have the same abilities, do the same stuff. But you can be a more gruff dwarf than me. I can role play it differently. We can have two different character traits, but still have the same ability. No, I don't think dwarves should be 500 different classes if you're playing rule encyclopedia. Now, if you're playing second edition, You've got more openness to it. And that's where I think that's why I don't like Watsy DD because Watsy DD made everything all race, all class, ruined the lore, ruined the spirit, ruined the soul of old DD. Right. And uh, 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 just last night, I was reading in uh, the Palladium Fantasy of, of the uh, uh, character races. And it's like there's basically three classifications you've got the uh, fair race, the humanoid, the humans, elves, dwarves, and gnomes. Then you have the monster races. Long list, you know them. Mm -hmm. and, and he's like, uh, it said in there, it's like, Palladium Fantasy has a long thing tradition of allowing people to play these monster races. Yep. And then there's the third classification. It's like, these are also monster races, but you shouldn't play them as player characters. They should not be allowed, you know, like things like uh, uh, dragons and, and and demons and things like that. Right. Now, now if you're playing, all, so let's use basic D&D &D for a moment. Well, I think it's basic. Mistara, Hollow World, whatever. With the Gazetteers. There's a Gazetteer in there. The, uh, I forget the name of it. I don't have that one, unfortunately. Um, but it's where you can play effectively greenskins. You can play orcs and goblins and bugbears and so forth. But you know what you know, you know what the point of that was? Everybody was an orc, a goblin, a bugbear. <laughs> <laughs> like you were playing in the evil uh, area. You were, pl you were playing in that society. You weren't like the random orc just hanging out with the elves. Wouldn't make any sense. And I, and so for me, I am much more uh, anal or much more argumentative about that because the spirit is what gives the game, you know, it's soul. And I hate using those two words because they're pretty much interchangeable, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but um, but if you choose to play a monster race, you have to accept the responsibility of that. Yeah, you and know? the and so, that means so the game master as well. Community, 
Yeah, if you go into a farm, <clears throat> you're playing an orc. Well, there's an orc village not too far away that constantly raids it. They see an orc. It doesn't matter what your alignment is. doesn't matter what your intentions are. They see orc. They grab forks and pit, uh, pitch forks. Right, and because orc. what are orcs known to do? They raid. They pillage. They you know, let's not even go so far as the R word, you know, but, but, you know, they, look, I need these crops to survive. My, my village needs these crops to make it through the winter. I can't have them coming in, take them and then burning the rest down because, you know, they're just orcs. We have to, yeah, lawful, good, chaotic, evil, whatever. We're going to stop them. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, there, there's a campaign where I played in one and um, my character ended up dying. The game master said, well, you can still play in this game. But you have to play a character that's already, you know, you have to take one of the NPCs. Well, unfortunately, the only NPC was an orc. So I went ahead and took it. And uh, I played it as anytime we went near a village, I started walking behind the group and started acting submissive to the group. That must have been really hard for an orc to do. Because <laughs> that is not normal orc behavior because they just live in a society where might makes right and uh, and it's almost like a Klingon walking behind somebody for lack of a better. I, I wouldn't I'm not saying you're bad role playing. I'm just saying that that for me, if I were to do that, I'd probably do the same thing. But I would not like it. I'd be like Chewbacca when you're trying to put on the uh, like, no. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But you notice how how it's shifted whenever we went from Luke to putting on the binder <laughs> to on solo putting on Fair. the binder. Fair. Yep. But yeah, Um I mean, but there, there are established of how orcs react. Might makes right. So if an orc sees somebody, get, if an orc gets beaten by somebody and this person is clearly superior, whether by brute strength or magic or psionics or whatever, this is the guy in charge. He can beat my ass. He's in charge. And so that's uh, that's up until me. you find a tough until you get a little strong. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I got you completely um, uh, up, up, up until he sees weakness. And then, well, you know, exploit the weakness. I, I'm but still yeah. dark. You know, it's that scorpion and frog thing, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, All I mean, right. I've, I've never had problems with uh, people playing monster races as long as they played them right. And, and, and I think that's more of a DM issue than it is a player issue because you can always say no to a player, but if you're going to allow a player to do it, then, then it should, it should meet, meet there's a setting. I, I, let me just say the setting, uh, right. if, you know, if the lore of your setting is, you know, is something different, uh, you know, orcs are good guys or something. I'm not necessarily going to like it, but you know, at least it meets your setting. So, all right. With that, Nerd Ogre, thank you for being here. I appreciate that. You have a happy Memorial weekend, sir. Do some you drilling. Too, sir. And uh, I'll talk to you next time. All right. See you later. All right, everybody. Okay. Uh, nobody else popped in. So it's going to be, it's going to be, we're going to leave it at that. We're going to go through the end. And the reason I'm stopping it right now is because I want to get you guys uh, to, I don't want audio. Don't want audio. Go over and check out. Look at that. Bruce is already, Bruce is already left. Shadow and Sons over there. Go check out Connell. Review in the Dresden Files. I'll put that link into chat one more time. Uh, it'll probably be a little different than what you saw last time because I'm actually grabbing the YouTube link this time. You can watch Connell here, and they're going to talk about that. Uh, oh, I spelled his name wrong, but you know what? The cigar, I should have just said the cigar DM. Uh, so there we go. Go check him out. I'm going to go through the proclivities, and we're going to wrap it up today. I hope you enjoyed this with me being alone here. Oh, by my lonesome, no heathen dog. I hope you had fun. I had fun. A lot of good chat. A lot of, uh, you know, 
I think we had pretty decent topics. Hopefully that first with the robots wasn't too boring for you. Again, I'm on Thursday. I hope Heathen Dog can be available because I'm going to set it up as a premiere. So you'll probably get a little announcement for it uh, where uh, you can answer or ask your questions and he can answer them for you. So, uh, <clears throat> so let's, let's do this. And uh, what do we got here? Right. Do that is our stream schedule. You have been watching RPG Digest on Thursday. Heathen Dog will be playing with Mark Hawkman and Garthon and Sherist on uh, Oh My uh, in Dungeons Dragons Online. Or if you're watching this later, could be some other game. But it's a co-op game of some sort. Friday, I'll be back with the Friday Chill Stream where we'll be yapping about whatever we want to in the hobby. Just talk to people about hobby stuff. You know, talk about, hey, we play tabletop role-playing games. We, we know we do nerd things and we want to talk about more nerd subjects. So. Uh, yeah, we'll do that there. And it can it goes off the rails sometimes, but you know, that's what's the fun of the Friday chill stream. This is segmented. Friday is not. Friday is just whatever, whatever the hell happens. Check out our website, our Discord. Love to see you on Discord. I forgot what question. Oh, uh, what what character class in Heroes Unlimited do you want to see Heathen Dog make when we get to that point? It's not for a few weeks, like three, four weeks, but uh, what do you want to see him make? Go ahead and, you know, talk about that. We have a whole Palladium section in our Discord. By the way, Violence Solves Everything. If you're still here, I did see... I didn't read it, but I did see you sent me a Discord message, uh, you know, based on what we talked about earlier. Thank you very much. I'll check that out. Remember, when you play these games, it's escapism, not representation. It's entertainment over activism, and it's natural inclusion, not forced diversity. That is how you play. That is how you have fun. Those are the rules of pretty much everything you do in life outside of your political BS that you want to deal with. I want to thank all of our subscribers, those who cheer. Members, we got some super chats today. Thank you very much, as Crafty likes to call it. Did you tithe today? <laughs> uh, you can uh, watch us, or not watch us. You can uh, join on Locals. I'd love to do more with it, but until I get more people there, that's going to be difficult. You can uh, tip us on Streamlabs, thereby we get the money and not Twitch or some other company, or PayPal. PayPal is by far the best option, simply because all the money goes to us, and you don't have to worry about you know feeding Apple or, or whomever, or Twitch whatever and I want to thank all the followers and subscribers you don't have to pay to watch it's not this part of it you just sit there click a button follow subscribe there are chatters and lurkers you all been great i appreciate that you know hanging out in the background giving us views and watch time and of course if you don't want to give money to us you can give money to the wounded warrior project i kind of spilled the beans on what we hope to do in the future with regard to that but <clears throat> there'll be more announcements on that when it becomes more of a, a yes for sure and less of a we hope to do so and I think with that, we are back here. There mean, no final words of wisdom because I want you guys, the final words of wisdom is like, I put the link in the chat. Go watch, uh, go check out Connell, uh, the Cigar DM uh, over there with Shadow and Son and Bruce. And they're going to be talking about Dresden File Stormfront. I think it's a book. And uh, you can give them a little love out there. And uh, other than that, everybody, remember, don't buy games from people who hate you. Play games the way you want. Be a judgmental. Be a critic. Yell at how other people play the games. Just don't flip. Don't take their dice from them. Don't flip over the table and don't burn their books because, you know, you don't have to like it. I don't have to like it, but they can play the games how they want. And don't let them change how you play games. You play games the way you want, except for me, because I'm right. Everybody else is wrong. And you have to play the way I say. And that is going to be. <laughs> That's going to be the end of today. No, seriously, thank you everybody for being here. Have a happy Memorial Weekend. I uh, love you all, and uh, see you next week. Mm -hmm.